What's up, horror fans, and welcome to the Horror Cast. We are a bi-weekly podcast that reviews horror movies, old and new. This is episode 12, and we are recording this on Wednesday night, and it is July 27th, right in the middle of the summer. Hot, hot here in Maryland, where I'm recording in Southern Maryland in my basement. And I uh, just want to say that this is our Fun House episode. Tonight, we are going to be recording our reviews of 1981's The Fun House from the wonderful director, Toby Hooper. We will spoil that movie because it's a 1981. If you haven't seen it yet, what are you thinking? And then we're going to review 2015's The Fun House Massacre, starring Robert Englund and some other cast of characters you don't know. We're not going to spoil that one because it's new. We don't want to ruin it for you. want to uh, say what's up to my three co-hosts, the three best co-hosts on the internet. What's up, Walshy from Scranton, PA? Yo, what's going on, Mark Nato? I'm uh, feeling kind of crappy right now. I, um, like you said, I think I think I got the sympathy pregnancy, whatever it is, through my wife. I, I got the pukes. You know, I'm not just feeling good, so I'm just sitting back enjoying. I am excited to be on, so let's get this thing going. All right. Well, it's good to have you. Thanks for uh, fighting through that. And and if uh, y- you really need to to puke, then just just hit the mute button so we don't. That's why it's here. Right? Get yourself a trash can, little little paper oh, I'm towel. Ready. All right, okay. he's ready to go. All right, and then from sunny California, L.A., let's welcome in horror gal Susan. Hey guys, good to be back. Even though it's a hundred and like six here, I think. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm sorry that we made you turn your air conditioning off during. The I know it's you it's know. it's okay. It's okay. I you know, I I burn. I yes. burn. It, just no let the pain, listeners no just let the listeners know <laughs> that we suffer for our our uh, show. You know that's right. Uh, that's right. Walshy has has. Uh, I remember we recorded in the winter and he had like two jackets on because he didn't have no joke. Two. You know? I remember yeah. that. It was hilarious. Because I actually that. saw him on the video, which we don't normally do a video, but I saw him and he's like breaths coming out of his mouth like a dragon. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was bad. hilarious. So that's what <laughs> and, we go through. And now I'm just in my underwear. So thank God you didn't see that one. Oh, right. <laughs> well, that's all right. Cause I'm we nude. sacrifice. Yeah. Because I'm nude, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a really bad image. All right. Let's well, Bring in our newest co-host uh, from uh, beautiful New England uh, witch territory, Connecticut. Connecticut. Uh, let's say hi to Revenant Vin. Hey guys, good to be here again. Uh, I'll keep my little intro short for Washi's sake. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're gonna try to get through. Uh, a lot of stuff. We don't want uh, Walshy to, uh, to have to bow out. So we're going to go right into uh, a few things, uh, into some listener emails. We got a, an email. This has been a while back. I apologize for just reading it now, but I did actually respond to this email. So I didn't, I didn't just blow it off. I just didn't read it on air. So uh, John from the Fright Corner podcast says, hey, guys and gal, I have a request for a movie to look at if you like. It is The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. You guys know that one, right? That is uh, a must in our genre. Absolutely. Yeah, you could start people off in the horror genre with that exact film. Amazing. Linnea Quigley, I think, put a lot of guys in the puberty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she had something to do with that. Yeah. (laughs) What'd you say, Horror Girl? Blu ray. 
Oh, yeah. I said just go buy the Blu-ray already. Do yourself a favor. Whether you've seen it or not, you have to own this thing. Yeah. You have very, to. Very good uh, combination of uh, humor and horror. And yeah, come on, you got Tar Man. You got lots of stuff going on there. Um, it says, he says, uh, goes on to say, it is one of my favorite horror films. I would even like to appear on the show if you would have me to discuss this movie. I feel that I am very knowledgeable about it as I've watched it so many times, including, including the documentary about the movie, which I haven't seen that. So I need to look at that. Thanks for your time. Look forward to hearing back from you. So uh, definitely want to say to John that that is something that we would love to do on an episode upcoming very soon. What I, what do you guys think about doing um, something that we have not yet ventured out to do? And that is a, a commentary and where all of us get together, not, you know, in person, because that would be an expensive movie, but on Skype and just kind of hit play together and talk about the movie and record. So what do you guys think about that? I, I personally I love it, when people do that, so I'm always down. I've wanted to do it since back when I first started doing podcasts, so let's yeah. do it. Could be a lot of fun. Definitely a fantastic movie to do. All right, so that's the plan. So I'll be in contact with you, John, and um, we will uh, we'll get that set up so we can uh, get our first uh, horror movie commentary out there. And then uh, we have another email says, Dear Walshy Horror Gal, Revenant Venn and Mark Nato, I wanted to say thanks for the review and recommendation of The Hallow. I had a friend of mine who told me not to bother with it, but I took your guys' advice and really was pleased. I'm a student of creature design and really love the makeup and effects in this one. I'm also Irish, so it felt very personal to me. I'd love to hear you guys do a show on practical effects, highlighting the work of Dick Miller, Rick Baker, Tom Savini and other legends of the craft. You guys make my day when there's a new episode. Keep it up, Leonard. So thank you very much, Leonard. Yeah, that's a great message. That's really nice. Yeah. I, 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 go ahead, Hargal. Oh, I definitely want to do that. I have a, a fabulous guest to bring on for that as well, who worked on tons of practical effects on tons of movies that everybody knows and loves. So I'm all in. Awesome. Very good. Yeah, that'll definitely happen. We've got lots of episodes to go and uh, lots of material. You just That's the good thing about horror. You just never run out of things to talk about. No. And, um, I'm not uh, – uh, I love practical effects. I love that makeup work and that kind of stuff, the creature effects. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I know the names of these guys, but I don't know a whole lot about it, and I'd love to have a lot of knowledge dropped on me um, by, uh, you know, your guest and by you guys, because I'm sure you guys, especially Horror Gal, you probably know a lot more than I do. So uh, those are two reviews or two um, emails. Thank you so much for doing that. If you guys who are listeners, if you would like to contact us send us an email let us know that you're angry with us because you made uh, we rated your favorite movie a four out of ten or we like the movie that you like or you have a um a suggestion for a movie or an episode hey just email us at ask the horror cast at gmail.com and we will definitely read it on the air get back to you because we would like to uh you know to have that conversation that dialogue with you so um just wanted to say the best thing you can do for us is to go on iTunes and to give us a five-star review. I think we're 18 or 19 reviews right now, which is good. We've only been going since January. 18, 19 reviews, and they're all five-star. Just put on there a five-star review, and that really helps us to be seen. Someone who is searching
looking for uh, a horror movie podcast or just a horror podcast in general, we'll come up near the top. So um, do that for us, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. One thing I do want to say, uh, I'm going to have a little bit of a contest here. We have a Facebook page, and then we created a brand new Facebook group page, which is for those who want to be a little bit more uh, interactive and have a, uh, a dialogue more about um, horror movies where we can post articles and those sorts of things, which right now I'm kind of doing on uh, the main Facebook page, but I'd like to kind of do that on the uh, the group page once we get enough members. And uh, what I want to do, I have a Blu-ray and I have two DVDs that I'm going to give away. And this is how it's going to work. Next episode is episode number 13. And because we are a horror movie podcast, episode 13 is special. It is just one of those things, the, the number 13, Friday the 13th, we're going to do it. So we're going to do something a little different. I read an article uh, a week or so ago. It was called The Top 50 Horror Movies of the 21st century so far. So that would be the year 2001 through 2015. Uh, we're not going to go into this current year, but 2001 to 2015. It was great. I like to read those kind of lists. Do you guys like those kind of lists? Oh, they're great, man. They're, uh, I am excited. Yeah. yeah. When December rolls around, I'm always searching for all of them. <laughs> yeah. All the end of the year lists and... I'm a list junkie uh, because it's just a great way to see what other people are thinking. So I remember looking at that list and and finding three or four movies that I hadn't heard of, a couple movies that I had had in my back pocket that I wanted to kind of revisit. So it kind of made me think, episode 13, let's do the horror cast, top 25 movies of the 21st century so far, the years 2001 to 2015, we'll all be um, kind of going together and kind of doing our own lists and putting them together and, and finagling that to make our own list. But we want your help. So if you're a listener and you want to be a part of that, if you would go and join that Facebook group page, just search the HorrorCast you know, as a group. Um, there's some, some links on our regular Facebook page. I'll, we'll post links on the, the website, uh, which is the horrorcast.net. And just go on there, join that, and post your top 10, or you can do more if you want, but top 10 at least movies, horror movies of the 21st century, the year 2001 to 2015. And then I'm going to take everyone who's done that, and I'm going to randomly draw three people, and you will get... Uh, one of these three DVDs. And, you know, I've got a two-disc Ultimate Edition Steelbook of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's got a lot, it's got, uh, a lot of different um, special features on here. It's got uh, a documentary called Texas Chainsaw, The Shocking Truth, Flesh Wounds documentary, a tour of the Texas Chainsaw House um, with Gunnar Hansen, blooper reel i mean just lots of different things so i'll give that one away i've got a blu-ray of halloween 4 the return of michael myers sweet i'm, I'm sorry it is not autographed by uh danielle, danielle harris, harris nor uh Michael, uh, Michael, Michael Myers. Yeah, I couldn't get Michael Myers to autograph it. Donald Pleasance, but uh, it's still a great movie to have. And then I have an old, unopened uh, Eli Ross Hostel Part Two. So you know, it's free, people. 
free. So if any of those sound like something you'd like to have uh, just for free, just for posting and joining that group and posting your top 10, then get on there and do that. And by next episode, we will um, draw somebody and we'll let you know who won and I'll send it out to you. All right. That's a great, great giveaway. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. You know, you know how it is, guys. As a horror movie collector, and I haven't been collecting too much lately, but you buy things in doubles and you get things and you're like, crap, did I have that? Oh, that's great. I have three copies of that now. Yep. It's Uh, crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but uh, yeah, so this is, this is a great way to, uh, you know, get people uh, doing this. And then I just wanted to say, you know, as I look through uh, the stats of our podcast, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listens. We're in about 70 United States markets. People who listen to us even in Anchorage, Alaska, which wow. I'm not sure, you know, maybe there's just a lot of dark up there. There's a lot of, t- <laughs> a lot of time to, you know, I'm not sure, but, uh, and I've said this before, United States, Canada, UK, Ireland, Russia, Finland, Australia, Italy, France, China, Japan, Ukraine, Poland, Germany, Switzerland, Bulgaria. I mean, thank you for listening to us. And, and uh, you know, please let us know how we can make things better. That's what Incredible. Yes. Yes. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank and, you. And, and we're humbled that somebody halfway around the world would take the time to listen to us. So, all right, guys. Well, before we get into um, uh, our little funhouse quiz, we've got a couple things to cover. I want Walshy to talk a little bit about, since he's the DVD man, uh, last week Scream Factory had kind of a kind of a big announcement for the fall. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. Um, what happened was San Diego Comic-Con, which is just all things nerd pop culture is going on and scream factory has been out now for um four years i think they just came up on their anniversary uh i've literally been collecting them since day one i pre-ordered their first two editions um which were halloween 2 and halloween 3 and um i i'm a i've been i mean listen to every single episode we are all scream factory lovers i mean for someone in the genre i mean they brought so many new fans in that got to see all these great films that nobody really got it gave a chance or um nobody could find dvds of or they were out of print you know they didn't have good features um and I know a lot, everybody on here is special features freaks as well as I am. So I always want to know everything I can about a movie. So Scream Factor, in their amazing fashion uh, at San Diego Comic-Con this year, did a new list. And they are they just released, what was it, 15 uh, new movies? Uh, let me see here. I think it's actually, it's 13. 13 new releases. And they pulled out... Some crazy releases here, and I'll go through them real quick. Uh, you guys have anything to add? I, I'll tell you which ones I'm super excited for. So, uh, number one is actually Bubba Hotep, which is come on, that is just <laughs> amazing that they're bringing this out. I can't believe it. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. If that if if Bruce Campbell doesn't make you buy something, then just to, like unfriend me and don't speak to me anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Don Coscarelli uh, as director. So come on, I mean, it, it it doesn't get any better than that. That's Don Coscarelli did Phantasm. He he did um, John Dies at the end. You know, he did a bunch of crazy things. This guy is such a revolutionary director, and I'm so happy that Scream Factory's given this chance, uh, this movie, a chance on Blu-ray, and it is going to be a collector's edition. So you'll get your crazy poster and reversible artwork and ton of extras that one i am super excited about 
That's and one that I've been wanting to revisit anyway. Oh, yeah, right, man? For, yeah, for whatever reason, this past year, it keeps popping into my head. <laughs> well, it's coming, brother. So, Wait yeah, for this good edition. timing. Absolutely. Um, number two is Willard. This is the uh, that 1970s rat revenge film that people ever since the beginning have been bugging the heck out of Screen Factory to release. And they always said, guys, we're sorry, we cannot get the, the film rights to it. But I don't know how they did it, but they found a way. So Willard and its sequel, uh, Ben, is ben, coming. the two <laughs> of us. Uh-huh. And that Michael Jackson had that, that big song. I remember that. Yeah, I don't know if it's from that, Mark. But anyway. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I, I used to watch that, that movie, Ben, on Channel 5 uh, Saturday afternoon. Get out. Is it really? Oh, yeah. That, that was, the, that was uh, Michael Jackson's Ben was the theme song to that movie. I never saw Ben Willard. I absolutely love. So, I, you know, I'm getting it. It's screen, I, I collect yeah. all their movies. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Every one of these I announce will be in my collection. This one's pretty amazing. Uh, collector's edition of Black Christmas, 1974's. Uh, uh, the original, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, this so is the excited. this is the first like kind of collector's edition of Black Christmas ever, right? I mean, it is. It is. This is. Uh, and they no, said they, they're they going ha- all out. I, yeah. I thought there was from Scream Factory, but I thought there was another one that was done like in Canada at one point. Yeah, right a no, couple years ago. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah, there but is Scream one. Scream Factory hasn't. Made. Right. Uh, I've never seen it. I just kind of have a a pretty, you know, run of the mill standard DVD with no special features. So I'm, man, I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on this. Yeah, this movie, man. This this is, uh, I guess, the original slasher in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of people say that uh, it's a fantastic holiday movie. There's some really crazy stuff that goes on in that. This I find really funny. Uh, Poltergeist 2 and Poltergeist 3, which I just talked about on our last episode, how mm-hmm. you guys need to revisit Poltergeist 3. Uh, there's a lot of fans of 2 as well. Um, I, I actually have always liked Poltergeist 2. A lot of people do. A lot yeah, that's one that gets bashed on quite a bit, but I always enjoyed that one. It, dude, we all have we all have that film that we love and uh, yeah. we stand and defend, and I hear you. Believe me, I, I guess I can say that with Poltergeist Three. Not a lot of people love it. That's why I put it in that category. Um, but they're both collector's editions, so that they should be gigantic releases. Uh, that's a really big big deal. It's too bad they couldn't get the original for a collector's edition. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, has he, the original that hasn't really gotten like a major treatment? No, yet, right? Not with oh, any okay. like not with any. Uh, you know, not with the special features and stuff like that, and a right. nice like rescan or uh, up-res or something like that. It's a really, that it's is, actually a really bad looking movie too. That's, they, a, they that's a crime. It is, yeah. man. That is a crime. That, that deserves a treatment. It really does. Right. So Come on, Spielberg, get your yeah. butt gears. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> Let them do it. You know, you well, maybe after the they do anyway. two and three. I know, I know. That's the problem, though, guys. Is Spielberg just will not allow it. He wants to his hands on his restorations, and you know he probably wants way too much money. So I, I mean, never say never because Scream Factory has done some. Look what they did with Nightbreed. Yeah, I mean, somehow they figured that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's still great that we're getting Poltergeist two and three. So these people out there that won't give sequels a chance or are, uh, are going to see some really fun movies. Two and three are great. 
We got number, uh, the seventh release is 1984's Dreamscape as another collector's edition. Uh, it has Dennis Quaid and Cape Capture in it. I mean, th- this is a really fun movie. I don't know if you guys ever seen Dreamscape. Oh, yeah, man. That, the Snake Man used to freak me. I don't me think out. I have. That, same, same for me. That's so funny. I was just going to say that. Oh, Vince, you never I saw this? I haven't seen it. No. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen it either. It's, it's, it's really oh. kind of sci-fi-ish horror. It's not horror in, right, in the, in the classic sense of horror. Yeah, um, but it's, it's got, it um, isn't Dennis Hopper in it too? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Maybe, in it. Yeah, he, maybe he is, but yeah, I he mean, is in it. Yeah, it's kind of like a, you know, they're going into the dreams and and you know things are 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 really crazy in in these dreams. Um, it, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I just do remember like this this one of the shots they're on a train and this one guy <laughs> yeah. kind of like kind of transforms into a snake man, which yep. I'm sure at this point. In 2016, it might not look that great, but I remember that scaring the poop out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, dude, that freaked me out. I saw it on TV when I was a kid, man. Uh, it, it, it has a lot of awesome practical effects. This one came out of nowhere. Like nobody, I, I didn't even hear anybody asking Scream to release this. So that's a really cool announcement that came, you know, out of left field. Yep. Yeah, guys, definitely, definitely yeah, check out Screamscape. Cool. Yep. You'll love it. I know you will. All right, number eight is Rabid. Uh, Come on, Cronen- actually, there's two Cronenberg uh, movies they're coming out with, Rabid and Dead Ringers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, what else is there to say? I mean, it- Jeremy Irons. Cronenberg, man. Yep. This guy is- has a mind of his own. I mean, I don't know anybody that makes films like him. I really don't. And every movie he makes is art and gold to me. So there's two collector's editions again right there. Now, these next uh, couple is, is kind of funny. Um Scream Factor, when they released, uh, they used to have, before it was Scream Factor, you know, they still hold, held Shout Factory, and they did the Corman Classics, and they did Slumber Party Massacre, the original. And that's a big movie for a lot of horror fans, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a beloved uh, little trilogy there. And for years, they could not get the sequels, and here they are. They got uh, Slumber, pa- Slumber Party Massacre 2 and 3 coming out on an actual double disc, which is awesome. So it's a, it's a double feature. So we're not going to have to buy two separate releases. That's a huge deal. Yeah. And huge they said deal. this was one of their most requested it, ever. So, so if you have been requesting this, make sure you go out and buy it and support it, please. Please do. So we could get more films like this and more classic sequels. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the last one is Dead of Winter from 1987. And that has Mary Steinbergen. I don't. I don't remember seeing this movie, and it has Roddy McDowell in it, and I, I, think, I don't remember it. So I, I oh. think it was a made-for-TV movie, but I'm not sure. I've never heard of it, but I'm kind of into uh, made-for-TV horror. I mean, if, all my man. If, if it's uh, something I've never seen, sometimes it can be cool. You did skip one there, number 12, The House That Screamed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did. That's AIP, too. Yeah. So the AIP made golden stuff back then, man. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um yeah. well you did ten eleven and a double and so you might, might My bad, my yeah. bad. But I just wanted to make sure that was out there and I did want to say this on um the Shockwaves podcast. I don't know if you guys listen, it's the podcast formerly known as Killer POV. They've awesome. had to, you know, they started mm-hmm. over shock shockwaves. I think it's just an episode or two ago, they had the guys from Scream Factory on 
I think it was uh, their and, first episode, maybe. Well, it was one it of those. It might have been their, like, and, their inaugural episode. Yeah. It was. They don't, yeah, right? they, don't, they don't make a whole lot of hot podcast appearances. Like, they don't. They, they don't at all. Nope. But, uh, Only for them, really. Yeah, just go and listen to that because they give a lot of a lot of they talk about um, you know some things that are coming out, child's play and all that. But then they go into like you know what's your what's the release that you you people ask for and they just didn't buy, or what's the worst selling release and what's the best selling and and all right. that. It was, it was just kind of interesting because you don't really ever get to hear from those guys. So and that's the type of stuff I love to hear. That that podcast is top of the line, man. They get the best guests on there. Maybe one day we can start getting stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a show to look forward to. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man, that's it. Scream Factories. Uh, I, I don't know how they're doing it. Four years in, where, where Blu-ray and DVDs are just dying. I mean, nobody's buying movies anymore except for us genre fans, and you know we're keeping them afloat, and they're obviously doing good. So you know, I'm I'm more than happy and excited for all these yeah. films. Well, I, I think it's just this, man. I think those guys are fans. Those guys clearly are all about horror, and they're not all about the bottom line. Yes, they have to make money. They have to make a living. All yeah. right. Uh, so they're not going to continue to to put out products if they can't at least support themselves and whatever. But they're not in it. I don't. I don't think for the money. They're in it for you know putting out things for the fans. And as long as you know they're they're not coming out with a hundred thousand copies of some of these things. They're gonna they're gonna put as many out as they think they can sell. You know, it, it's just a, a labor of love. I think it is from man. listening and and we just appreciate it. And because I mean, where would we be without Scream Factory? I mean, we have so many. Oh. You know, movies that we, you know, there's, there's some other companies that are doing great, you know, Synapse and, and, and Arrow and all Arrow, that, but, yep. but nothing like Scream Factory. So, no, no, you know what, though, Mark, I'm glad you really did just say that statement because what really ticks me off is I'm so like, I'm so active with Scream Factory and email and Jeff and everything. And there's these fans, oh, they're releasing Carrie, they're releasing The Thing. Who wants these big movies? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, those, those will be their best sellers, and, they, and they need and that will that. that will allow them to do some of the lesser known. Ones. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. So, guys, yeah, I mean, first of all, what are you crying about? Getting Carrie and the thing and Child's Play? Are, like, are you kidding me? These yeah. are right. all. And why, why don't Why don't people want both? Why don't that's what people I'm saying. We need it. Yeah. Everything. Scream Factory does it all. They don't just do the you know really obscure films, and they don't just do the big box office hits. They do everything. That's what's so great about them, and they do everything with equal high quality and value. They take that B movie that nobody knows about that everybody makes fun of, and they make this excellent, excellent edition of it. Yep. Just like they do with a big blockbuster. Why is anybody complaining about that? They do everything. Let, let me let exactly. me explain this to you. And this this is just the bottom line. It's the same thing with music. We have music snobs and you have horror snobs. No, I know. I okay. Know. And you know, and that's just it. Like like somebody will listen to a certain band because no one else knows about them. And or then they're, you know, and then as soon as they like blow up and people start to know about it and they get some notoriety or some wrecking. Oh, psh, they suck. 
I know, you know that unreal. sort of thing. And it's the same thing with horror. You know, the horror hipsters. Yeah, they're they're own horror <laughs> yeah. hipsters. They yeah. only like you know they only like the movies that that they discovered and no one else knows about this. It's so true. You know? And uh, you know <laughs> the thing, all oh, that's so commercial. You know, I mean, come on, shut up. One of the best movies ever yes. made. Ever stop whining. We we appreciate the horror hipsters and 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 the fact that you like. I'm the movies, one. You know, I, I am one too. I love. I <laughs> you love know what I mean. I love to bring light to movies that people have never heard of or might not have heard of and don't get championed. But you know what? That doesn't mean that something that might be popular isn't great. Isn't great. Shouldn't get its 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 love you, and devotion today. Yeah, yeah. So that's just that. All so, right. Yeah, so I got out there. Yeah, so all right. Well, it's big big fall coming. Out. That's all in the fall, right? Yeah, we, plus yeah, we still have Carrie and the Thing coming. I mean, there's so much. There's and so much. Child's coming. Play too. We Child's should. Play. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, message to the listeners: save your pennies. <laughs> Lots of them because you're gonna need them. <laughs> All right, this is gonna be a special edition of what you've been watching because none of us have been watching anything. Uh, except for the movies that we had to review here, except for a little Netflix original oh, called man. Stranger Things. Now, <sighs> Vin has not yet, you know, dipped his toe in the water. Correct. Okay. But um, we... He will. He will. Yes. <laughs> all of us, um, you know, Susan, Walshy, and I are pretty sure that when he does, he'll feel the same way that we do about it. So what What do you got? Hargout. I don't know. Have you finished the whole thing? Yes, I binge watched it. I could not oh, stop. You did? Yes. I I, I I wanted to stop life momentarily so I could finish the entire <laughs> series I before I did anything. I have never. Please, listeners, understand. I am not a television person. My free time is so limited; it's ridiculous. I really try to save it for things that I'm going to enjoy, and this is quite possibly one of my favorite things i have ever seen ever i just loved it it encompasses more than one genre more i mean it was just i personally it worked for me i thought it was fabulous absolutely yeah. fabulous yeah I, I i didn't binge it all in one day but i finished it's all it's eight episodes or about an hour a piece yep um just so everyone knows it's it hasn't officially been renewed for season two i think netflix would be absolutely re- you know oh, they're going stupid to. Yeah. to not renew it because they've they've pretty much already got uh, all the cast back for season two and they already kind of know where things are going so this is not just a one season and done even though it could be it yes, could very because it, it's a story that kind of wraps itself up there Okay. And, you know, and it does have it, it does leave some questions, but if it only ever was eight episodes, it would be the best. <laughs> you know, I'd get that on Blu-ray and watch it over and oh, over. Oh, I'm again. getting it on Blu-ray. There's yeah, no but oh, I'm where, on. where are you at? Out. Where are you at, Walshy? I'm on episode. We're we're ready to start. The thing is, my wife is just, which is so cool, is just as into it as I am. So I have to wait until we're both ready with my swing shift job. So I think we're starting episode uh, six. Okay, oh. so you're so you're, you're near uh, the finish line, but dude, it's killing me. Yeah, killing me. Not wanting it's, like I want to just play it and then say no, I didn't see it yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, even even at, at episode six, you think you know, and there's still more. There's still more. This like, show is 
the Easter eggs and the things in the background, the music, the look, yeah. everything about it is made for us. And the best part about this is this thing came out of nowhere. Yeah. I had no idea what Stranger Things was until I looked on Netflix. I'm like, oh, I read the synopsis. I said, let me see. Yeah. Uh, best I, thing I've ever did. I'd seen a few advertisements for it in the months leading up. So I had had my eye on it. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, I had it marked. You know, this is the day it comes out. And um, here's the thing. Let, let's just go between me, Susan, and Walshy. Let's just say something that you think influenced this. Oh my God! How, you know, you okay. Okay. Are, you, are you ready? Amblin. Oh, are you, you know, kidding which me? Is Steven Spielberg slash ET. Are you kidding okay. me? Absolutely. Susan. Hey, Susan. There you go. What's next? What, what What do you think? What does it remind you of at all? First of all, the Stephen King font. Mm-hmm. Since ever the that, books, right? That was yeah. fantastic. Yes, from the from the books, the font that Stephen Car- Stephen oh, Car- I'm Steve- doing it again. Okay, first of all, the Stephen King font. There we go. There you go. Um, and I feel like John Carpenter definitely influenced the music. The music. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there's everything in this. I, I mean, ET, the yes. Drew Barrymore influence, right there. Fire um, starter there. Which hey, Walshy, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just, I just yeah, want to go around so, right. so much. Oh, we're doing a round. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'll come back to you. The Goonies. The Goonies. <laughs> the, the daggone kid with no teeth. Dude. That, is, that guy is a winner, man. That is I chunk. love this show. Uh, and, and and it, man. And Stephen King's it. It. How about this? How about this? X-Files. It, down to a yep. T. Down to a T. Yeah. I mean, think about what we're saying all in one. Think of, and it works. Yeah. And, and we're saying this, Vin. We're not trying to scare you off. Like, this isn't like so many things in the pot that it ruins it. Um, it's the best ingredients. It makes the best soup ever. Put it that way. Right. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want, I don't even want to talk about anything because I'm so excited for you to watch it. Anything else? (laughs) Susan. Oh, I, well, I feel a little bit of an alien vibe as well, too. Yeah, they try yeah. to kind of bring in a little bit, even a, a little bit of, oh, God, there's so many, so many good things. I just, yeah. Yeah. anything I, in the 80s that you loved, geez, if you yeah. are a horror fan and you love any 80s horror related anything, you will find some little homage to it. I mean, I did even see some Halloween aspects to this. I mean, yeah. just everything. Some some uh, Stand By Me. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. I mean, there, there's yeah. so much. Yeah. There's so, so much, man. So, and, and the cool thing about this is there are just a ton of kind of like nostalgic type movies or TV shows that are supposed to be set in the eighties or whatever. And a lot of times they just really hit you over the head. Yep. with Hey, look, it's in the eighties. Hey, look, it's in the eighties. Here's a Rubik's cube, you know, yep. or something like that. Yep. This just feels now, even though it looks gorgeous, they had, they didn't go and, and make it look VHS or anything like that, which I love. They did. Yeah, do. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it really, it, it, it seems like it was made in the eighties. You know what I'm saying? Like Dude. the clothes, the, the furniture, the set, the set pieces, set all of design. that. Uh, it's it's not like it's not like the wedding singer, okay, where everybody's wearing like a, a Michael Jackson jacket or Don right. Johnson, where where they really have right. to shout at you, hey, look, this is the eighties. No, it's just it's just one of those things, man. It just feels like the eighties and uh the acting in it is, is spectacular. Winona Ryder is really good in it. Really good so far for me the, too, yeah. The kids oh, yeah. the kids are all unknowns. 
and they're all perfect. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're, ex- exactly. Like, there's not one irritating kid actor in this. They are all fantastic. Yeah. And like the Goonies reference is so true. It's like you just you're rooting for them. You love them. They're even if they're if they're upset with each other, you're like, no, no, no. They have to you know be friends again. There's not. They really set it up so that you really care about every single one of these characters. And Winona Ryder, just for Lydia Dietz fans and stuff, you will not think of any other film she's ever done when you watch her in this. You know what? I'm glad you said that. That is so true. I can't believe how good of a job she's doing like i'm i'm only starting episode six and it's fantastic man i'm so glad she's back like this yeah perfect yep. cast casting all around is 100 percent a plus yep. i mean it's that good mm-hmm. so so we'll, we'll stop gushing about it <laughs> i know but, man but when everyone has watched it we're going to revisit it and kind of really to. really give it a you know a thorough Rundown, maybe even a spoiler rundown. I'd love that, to do it. That needs know. to be an episode, Mark. We need yeah. to do this yeah. episode, you guys. You know, I mean, that's that's eight hours. It's like an eight hour mini series, really, is, yep. is what it is. Uh, so it's a lot to cover. So we'll we'll give uh, Vin and, and Walshy some time to, to catch up. What are you waiting for? And then uh, uh, it'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we'll go there. I just I'm just so happy that this kind of thing exists for us because I mean. In, in a in a world where no, you know how that movie trailer thing in a world in a world in, in a world where like it's just uh, kind of recycled stuff over and over again. You know, this, I mean, this is just I know it harkens back to the eighties, but to me, it just feels so fresh, authentic, and, and, and you know. Just uh, I don't even know who these guys are. The, the what is it? The something brothers? The Duffer yeah. brothers? Duffer brothers? Yep. But who whoever, the heck are you, these people? <laughs> they're know, fantastic man. people, and are they it's like, a true? Are it's they a true homage? Are they related to the uh, what's the the Shoshka sisters? Shoshka, Shoshka twins. Hey, hey, I know them. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. But awesome. uh, yeah, so. Netflix, get your butts in gear, renew this, so we have uh, definitely a season two, three, four, five, two. Awesome, dude. Good stuff. Because it would be cool to see those kids kind of grow up and go through high school. That would be pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. All right. Now, this is just one thing I thought that would be fun to do, and and, uh, there's just such a ton of articles, uh, horror-related articles that I see on Facebook and Twitter, and and I always I try to retweet them or, or put them on Facebook. Some of them make for pretty good conversation, and uh, this is an article that I read this week uh, off of IndieWire, and it's written by Graham Winfrey. Uh, I do not know who Graham Winfrey is. Uh, you can get, tweet him at, at Graham Winfrey, uh, but this article came out on the 22nd of July, and this guy kind of interviews James Wan. If you don't know James Wan, he's what a lot of people call, hey, he's the, he's the new, you know, horror master. He's the new John Carpenter or whatever you want to call it. He, he's the guy behind Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring, Conjuring 2. Dead uh, Silence. Dead Silence. It, and, and, you know, for some reason, he, he uh, directed a uh, Fast and Furious movie. Uh, and then he came back out to produce <laughs> Lights Out, which is in theaters this week. And basically, a lot of people are kind of, you know, anointing this guy. He's the new horror guru, right? So he has this little um, interview and he, and he says, here are five rules that James Wan has come up with of how to make a good horror film in 2016. First of all. 
I don't like rules. Okay. Do you guys like rules? I don't like rules. Uh, I hear what you're saying. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't want it to seem like this is horror is just a formula. It's, yeah. It's you not know? as closed minded. Mm-hmm. It does because, mm-hmm. you know, personally, again, I've, I've already said I didn't care too much for Conjuring 2. It was okay. But I kind of feel like he's saying these things, but I also kind of feel like his, I don't know if I want to say well is running dry. Like his, his insidious and, and conjuring, they all kind of feel similar to me. More the same. More the same. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas Lights Out was a breath of fresh air, but he didn't write that. He, he just he just threw money, you know, at it. But um, this is the first, I'm going to give you the five rules and you guys let me know if you agree or disagree. Number one, and, and this just cracks me up because, and, and I'll just say why after I read it. Number one, horror doesn't have to be expensive. Agree or disagree? Agree. De- definitely agree. I agree with that. But yeah, I, I do because sometimes less less is more and it ends up making but, it Exactly. But, but what, I, what I say, this is crazy. Who gets more money to do horror than James Wan? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. Right, but, he, but he definitely established his credentials with low, low budget. budget. Yeah, yeah, very low right. budget. I guess Saw part, was so. pretty. Was a million million dollars. Low budge and, yeah. and, I mean, even even Insidious, I think it was only around a million dollars. It, it, it was, you know, million. which yep. yeah. I mean, and we're not talking big which money for that. Yes. And, which which, which yeah. to me, Insidious was a great movie for seventy five percent, and then Darth Maul showed up. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Darth Maul at a, at a daggone uh, sewing machine. I'm sorry. It's I love that. Yeah, I actually like that. I like that left turn it takes. So. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of like a Sam Raimi, like just crazy. Out of nowhere. There. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. But, but definitely, I also read an article this week where they were talking about horror is kind of saving Hollywood. And by that, they mean like these are movies that have such a built-in audience. Yep. Um, Always have, too. Yeah. And and they don't have to be expensive. Think, things like, you know, The Shallows, which, which again, I said was a great movie. This is a movie that costs $16, $17 million. And a lot of people say, well, that's a lot of money. Yeah, not really. Not when you consider to, right, that most, most of these you know, big blockbuster movies are running ninety, a hundred million dollar budget. Right. So they have to be basically a blockbuster to make their money back. Whereas the Shallows has doubled its money and 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 keeps going. You know, um, things like Lights Out. Man, that thing is gonna really come back probably five, six, sevenfold. So it should, yeah. Yeah, yeah when, you, when you think about your average horror film, their budget is literally seconds of a Star Wars. Yep. You know, yeah, I no, mean, you're what, right. what you're it costs for like right. five seconds of, you know, Star Wars The Force Awakens, that's an entire budget for your average horror film. Yeah, that, that really is true. It doesn't have to be expensive. So we, we were going to say, James Wan, you got that one right. You got that one right. And oh, Agreed. by the way, we haven't done horror news, so we're not going to do it. But one of the, the biggest independent movie of all time uh at least until paranormal activity was blair witch and they're mm-hmm. coming out with a daggone sequel in september that mm-hmm. no one even knew they thought it was a movie called in the woods the woods app. and they came out did you guys see this do you see this susan dude it mm-hmm. 
I'm yeah, hearing so, so much yeah. hype about this movie. This movie looks like right up my alley. It, it, because it, it looks... It does, dude. It does. It looks like a mix of found footage and conventional, you know, camera work. And, and man, it, it looks like... How have they been doing this? How have they been keeping... In 2016... Where everything, I mean, you can't even know whether Glenn died or didn't die on The Walking Dead because you got people spoiling it, you know, on the internet because they, they find out, oh, which actors are, are you know, working and are, you know, yeah. on, the, on the set taking pictures. How did this. Online articles from big companies will put it right in their headlines. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I've seen so many spoilers that way. It's just like, whoa, like right after the episode's done. Yeah. I mean, did the same thing with Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and then now this. But I don't want to go off on a tangent, but man, that, that's got me excited. So, me too, man. All right. It says, turn classic horror on its head. And here's, here's what he says one of the techniques he uses with his films is taking a classic horror device and twisting it. To come up with a new and a unique way of telling a story. You know, sort of like the insidious thing where you want to tell a haunted house story, but it wasn't the house that was haunted. It was the boy that was haunted. What do you guys think about that? That that one's hard for me I, to uh, uh, really agree with. Turn classic horror on its head. Classic horror to me is the epitome of horror. Still to this mm-hmm. day, if I put The Exorcist in that movie, I don't get creeped out more than that, like watching The Exorcist. And that was what seventy one, um, whatever so, it was. So true. Uh, right. Uh, uh, turn it on its head. Okay. I think I know what he's saying, but you could still use the same themes and. Uh, process uh, techniques that carpenter used back in the day it doesn't have to be the same exact thing don't copy and paste but you don't have to turn it on its head because what he's saying to me james wan didn't turn it on its head it's like he just got uh, he looked at carpenter and and you know you know big directors like that back in the day and just did his take on it but did he twist it on its head yeah, I, I agree. I don't think James Wan okay. has turned anything on his head. That's what I'm saying. Like He's just using what we've been seeing for – I mean, he just changed the process of it, which isn't turning it on its head. This, this stuff has been done 40 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. my take. All right, yeah. So you know, this rule number two, um, I don't know – I don't think that the, the article – really was very specific about what he means with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if we want to look at it as rules or just maybe tips that he has, um, I, th- I think that it's not a rule to turn classic horror on its head, but I do think it's a good technique sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what the article, what, what that gives the description of is he says, with Insidious, we wanted to tell a haunted house story that really wasn't a haunted house story at all. So I think that's kind of what he means. He's like, he's not, he's not saying just completely do a 180 on everything, but let people think that they're kind of getting into something that they're comfortable with and then give them things that they don't expect. Yeah. You know, which I think good examples, but I think that's kind of more what it is. What are some good examples? Do you think it follows is is a good example of, of something that turned classic horror on its head? I mean, what's a good example of something that, that's so hard to that call. really took something I mean, that we've seen before and gave us something that we all right, weren't expecting. What expect- I'm thinking is something like the I, others. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, something like that's that. That's exactly or, what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, th- those kind of things. I think, I think that might be what he's talking about, you know, is saying you think you're getting one movie and I'm giving you all these things that are within your comfort zone. And then 
I'm going to start taking that away from you, you know, and giving you a new kind of a new universe or a new a new kind of you know sandbox to play in. Yeah, that, I, I think that might be what he's going for. Again, I don't think the article is just is not very clear exactly what he means by this. There's no specifics here, but I think that might be what he's getting at. Yeah, right, right. I, I, I if I had to pick one of his, I would say Saw. Saw turned everything on its head. That movie's yeah. fantastic, and I didn't see that coming. I felt like such a dummy when that ended. It was just mind blowing to me how how smart of a movie that was. And mm-hmm. talk about turning the horror genre on its head. I mean, whoa. Yeah. I mean that movie is a perfect. It's epitome of turning it on its head. But here's the but, thing. But don't. But don't you guys go ahead. Don't you guys think? But don't you guys think that if somebody is constantly then quote unquote kind of doing the unexpected, that after a while that's going to be played out too. So I feel like there's no rule where this particular tip or rule is concerned. It's just whatever you're going to do, whatever you're, whatever angle you're going to pick, just do it well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, case I in think point, the fans M. are going to be there. Case yes, in point, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan, yep. Any Dagwell movie he, he puts out, everyone's like, what's the twist? What's going to happen? Right. Yeah. You know what's coming, right. Where, right. where you know, Sixth Sense, first time you see it, it blew you away. Yes, it but did. Then, but then, you know, The Village and, and, you know, Devil and just all these other movies that he's done, signs and all that you're always looking for the twist or what's you know and that's why i think it was so good when he came out with the visit because there wasn't a a huge twist i mean there was a twist but it wasn't so crazy like like for instance when the moms when the grandmother started talking about there were people that lived at the bottom of the lake and you remember that i don't know if you remember that yeah i I was like oh crap that's the twist and thank god it wasn't Definitely think that it's good to to do things that people aren't expecting. But for me, man, good horror is just good horror. Like that Lights Out movie, I, I knew exactly what I was getting. There, there wasn't any like huge twist. I knew it was a a creature that you could see when the lights were out, and you turn the lights on. You could I, I knew it, but it was still effective, you know, because it was it, it just did a great job of building tension and, and, the, and not, not that it was a perfect movie, but yeah. you can, you can it, do it a basic comfort yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can do a basic, not every horror movie has to turn horror on its head. Okay, I'm not trying to create a segue, but I think that lights out maybe works because of the third rule that he has inside this. Yes. Develop great set pieces. Right. Oh, that's, that's an absolute. I, th- I think with set pieces, I think he's talking about um, a sequence of scenes that will really work. You know, like in the, he talks about the the seance scene in Insidious, you know, or with, whether it's lights out where it could be like th- there's the scene when she's alone in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Or no, not, not even when she's alone, when like, you know, when she first has her brother come and sleep over, th- there's a sequence of events that happen. Yeah, that is what he's you know? talking about. Okay, I think I that's see, what he's yeah. talking about. He's, these set pieces that bring the viewer from one scene to the other. And it, it can all kind of be encased into one larger, larger set piece. I, I think that's kind of what he's saying is develop great set pieces. You know, I, I think that's something he's really good at. He really knows how to how to let the camera follow in just the right way, you know, and he has these great sequences throughout the movie. And even if the movie itself isn't, you know, if somebody's not a big fan of it, you can always out of a James Wan film, usually pick out those set pieces. You'd be like, you know, that 30 seconds was awesome. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, when that character went from here to there and everything that happened in between, that was really cool. All right, Vin, give me number four because my phone died. 
Let's. Let me give it to you. Undermine your audience. Undermine your audience. And what he goes on to say is today's audiences have been inundated with so many horror films that they're much more savvy and educated. Um, Basically, for that reason, um, directors, you know, it's basically if if you expect something to happen, how do you how do you change that? How do how do you get their mind to change off of that? And he's good at that, too. I could I could say that James Wan is good at breaking expectations but there's filmmakers out there that do that even better than that um like like i i would go to uh the blair witch projects that film and uh this new one coming out looks like it's going to do the same thing i was just going to completely revamp the genre and uh change what the audience thinks about the horror film it's 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 very vague in the in the way that it was it's talked about in this article but that's basically what he's saying. Like uh, he's always trying to find a way to break an audience's expectation of the genre. So how does he do that? Is he good at that? Is that a rule? Um, I think that's a fair rule. I mean, it's a good rule. I don't. I don't know that he. It's not necessary. I don't know if he does yeah. it. I don't know if he does it. I see what does I he know do what it. You, I mean, no, I, I know um, what you mean. Yeah, I, I know of other movies that that do it. That that kind of give me a. A different look on the genre of horror, like oh man, uh, like a horror movie can be a good movie, or, or it'll, something like Bone Tomahawk. You know, it, it's, it's a western, but it's a horror, so you're not even thinking during the whole thing like this is a horror movie, like this is a western, but then at the end it's got this horrific sequence or whatever. And uh, is that kind of what he's talking about? Or yeah. Like I said, it's it's really they, what his quote is is he's always trying to find new ways to break an audience's expectation of the genre. So it's it's like I said, it's very vague. I mean, doesn't every director aim for that though? Anyway, who wants to make a copy and paste movie? Yeah, you want to change perception and and you want to move forward. You don't want to be stale and make the same thing over and over. So I think especially. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Especially if you're going to try and stand out today, because you know, you know, viewers especially coming up today. I mean, they, they've seen so much. You know, they're 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 very savvy. You know, they're you kind of know what to expect. Especially in in your average horror film, there's certain beats that you just expect to hit. You, you know? know what's happening, right? Right. I, I think some of the things that James Wan does is when you other films will often. You know, first of all, you expect a lot of fake jump scares, and he doesn't give you that. Yeah. Um, so people are used to that. Also, he he likes to have things happen when there are is like a skeptical audience occurring because usually in horror films you know somebody will be experiencing something paranormal and they try to talk to somebody and the person just thinks they're crazy Crazy, and of course nothing happens when that person is over you know so it becomes a whole is their psyche actually you know (laughs) deteriorating or all the way through the film right yeah but exactly but he he just keeps giving it he just keeps saying no it's it's just going to keep coming you know this is a real thing so i mean I, i don't think that he's constantly undermining the audience um i think there's little pieces and different movies that maybe he has uh, but you know, again, I, I think it's a it's a good tool to have in your pocket if you can. Yeah. It has, to, yeah, it is. Number five, yeah, break it on. Break okay, it on. A- appeal to primal human fears. I think that's that's a, I think that's a great rule to to put out. I, even though 
Uh, we're not really big fan of rules, but I still think Primal Fears does it get Primal Fears does it get any deeper than that? I don't I don't think so. I mean, I mean, doesn't that kind of define horror? That's what it you is. That's, so that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the whole point. You're going to make a horror movie. That's the point is to tap into the Primal Fears. So that's kind of a given. So I will say there's a lot of horror films that really don't quite do that or don't do it well. Oh, there's yeah. many. You know? Yeah, there is many of them that don't even throw try. things at the screen without always understanding why it's actually scary. Right, exactly. So, mm-hmm. uh, therefore, the audience isn't scared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> case, off right. Case in point, any Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. He just if you throw enough exploitation at the screen. <laughs> you know. Yeah, in, yeah. in my opinion, and we might yeah. lose some listeners, I don't know. In my opinion, Rob Zombie doesn't know what's scary. He just doesn't know what's scary. He didn't yeah. realize that the whole thing that made Halloween and Michael Myers scary is that you didn't know why that little dude was evil. So let's give him a stripper mom and a you know, a drunk stepdad and, you know, slutty girls and yeah, uh, and, and, moms and, and yeah. Then that's going to explain why he was the way he was. No, I, I just care. I just think he wanted to do something different. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that doesn't, that's not the point of why he made that movie. He got, it was just the wrong way to handle it. And you're right. That's a good way yeah. to put it. And, and I like, I like those, those types of horror movies that they, they exploit those, those fears or they tap into those fears that are, they're they're primal fears, but they're not exact. They're not they're not the the fear of you know someone chasing you, but like something like the fear of isolation, or yes, the, or the fear of loneliness, or the fear you know just lots of different things that make like you with think. Cronenberg, like fear yes. of your own body, like rejecting or you know turning against you, and yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, I mean the, these are yeah when when a filmmaker can really tap into that because a lot of filmmakers they you know maybe maybe they're mistaking it maybe they're getting exactly what they they planned on you know what they're putting out but they'll mistake gore for scary or you know mm-hmm. it's like blood is is all of a sudden scary but it's not it's it's all the things that are kind of around that that are yeah. you know one of the most unnerving films that I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, you know, it, that'll probably be on my top 25 is uh, Under the Skin. Oh, yeah. Have you guys ever seen that? Yeah, that's a great film. Like, that's a movie I haven't that, seen it. Oh, it's it lived up to its name. Scarlett it got under It really unnerved me. There were just scenes in there that hit me. And like, I won't say that I'm, I wasn't scared, but it tapped into certain primal fears that I, I kind of realized that I had when I was watching it. Yeah, and that bothers you. Yeah, that I was just like, oh, like I... You know, personally, personally <laughs> yeah. bothers you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, just so I like, wasn't uh, terrified. I wasn't scared afterwards. But it, it hit those primal fears for me. Yeah, and for me, I'm claustrophobic. So the movie Descent, that movie kills yeah. me. Just how tight I feel like I can't breathe when they're doing those scenes. Yeah, uh, and, and, and it's like not that. even it's not even the monster. It's not a monster. It, it has not right. Not, yeah, that, that right. sort of thing. That, it's scary yep. before they show up. I mean, yep. exactly. <laughs> or or when they or when they take something that everybody has to do and is an everyday occurrence and makes it become a primal fear like nightmare on elm street everybody's afraid to fall asleep absolutely you know everybody's afraid to fall asleep don't fall asleep don't fall asleep you know now all of a sudden you're taking something that everybody does on a daily basis and you're making them scared to death of it like i think that was the most genius one ever was uh that that concept that uh wes craven came up with i don't think it gets any scarier than that that you can't fall asleep like what your body is going to be shut down Right. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, and good. Even, good even something weird like, you know, you've seen the, the little horror movie Teeth. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where the girl's vagina has <laughs> teeth or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And then just tapping into like girls' fear of uh, of sex or or, or of oh, not yeah. being you know desirable or what. I mean, just I mean, even you you know go take it further. The vagina dentata, you know, the mm. it goes back to even male say that fears. again. Oh, right. Vagina dentata. <laughs> Sorry, that's like the Latin term for <laughs> what she has. But, you know, it goes back to like, you know, men fearing women's bodies and, you know, their organs are on the inside. They can't see what's going on, yeah. you know, and it, they bleed every month. You know, it, it's this mystery that terrified men. Who knew what was in there for men, you know? <laughs> oh, exactly. You're exactly so, I mean, right. You know, it's, you know, talk about a primal fear. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it you don't have to have, you know, lots of blood and guts and somebody chasing you to have an effective horror movie right there's all kinds of fears that you can tap into so very good so is that the last one i have fun with the blood and gore but they don't scare me yeah Yeah, well (laughs) you know case in point like we'll talk about some stuff tonight Mm -hmm. i had a heck of a time watching you know these movies i don't think either one really scared me but i just had fun yeah and that's just you know, that's part of the reason why I watch horror is to have yeah. fun. Me too, man. Very mm-hmm. few horror movies unnerve me or scare me. Right. Um, that's that's like We're when, so when, when, one, when one does, that's how I know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'll have people, people yeah. who know I'm really into horror. They always ask me to like, recommend a scary horror film. Yeah. And I, because I don't know what scares them, and I so yeah, few yeah, scare me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's not why I watch it. I don't watch it to get afraid. You know, if yeah. I get afraid, that's awesome. But that's that very rarely happens. I'm there for all the other stuff that's going on. Exactly, yep. exactly. But, but that's yeah. what's kind. Of, that's what's kind of cool because there are so many different types of horror movies that you can have. Some that you watch for fun, and some that you watch because you really want to be freaked out for the evening. Okay. You know. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. All that's right. it For that man. All right. Well, thanks for uh, you know discussing that with me because that uh, was stuff, fun. Stuff we got it. We got really deep there. That was cool. Yeah, very good. So, listeners, if you have any thoughts on that article, or that article was posted on our Facebook page. So, you know, give us a little uh, feedback there. Let you know. Let let us know what you're thinking. All right, we're gonna do a fun house quiz and then we're gonna get into the movies. Okay. This Let's is this is this five <laughs> questions. I'm I'm still keeping keeping score, guys. Um, yeah, I'm not good at this, so that's, that's okay. I want to do it though. Me Let's go. either. I have test anxiety. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. It's true though. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna get into our funhouse quiz. These these five questions have to do with uh, tonight's movies. So here here we go. Right, once again, are we just kind of shouting them out if we know them? Yep, that's how okay. you do it. That's All right, I, I'd, I'd let I make you raise your hand, but I can't see you. So. <laughs> Uh, what movie did Toby Hooper turn down because he was directing the Funhouse Massacre? Oh, I don't know this. And I watched e. the special features. What was that? E.T.? E.T. is correct. Really? Oh. Steven Spielberg wanted Toby Hooper to do E.T. because E.T. in its original form was supposed to be more of a horror movie. Um, wow. Until um, you know Spielberg kind of changed things around a little bit and made made ET nice and cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie, ET. E. So, but then he got to work with him, you know, with with uh, Poltergeist anyway. So, right, right. But anyway, that that was kind of cool. Can you imagine Toby Hooper doing ET? I know, right? <laughs> oh really? my gosh, <laughs> ET kill you! No. Yeah. Uh, here's here's one I found that was. It blew my mind. I didn't know. Who wrote a novelization of the screenplay under the pseudonym Owen West? Oh. 
I just watched this on the special features too. There's actually and, a book, and it's a book. Yeah, and he got yeah. paid tons of money off of Dean Koontz. So. Dean Koontz. That's it. Yep, that's correct. I gave you guys a chance this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, you can just get the five points now. I, I'm terrible. <laughs> no, you're, it's okay. There's gonna be there's gonna be a werewolf quiz. Dean Koontz is a great. Great book writer, by the way. So anyway, if we get a slasher quiz, you guys are going to destroy me on it. Slasher <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Walsh, we'll get we'll get the uh, werewolf quiz too. So <laughs> yeah, I gotta get <laughs> one of those in there. The Funhouse Massacre was shot in how many nights? Is it A seven, B twenty, or C forty? B. I'm gonna guess twenty. Walsh, he said B. That's yep. correct. <sighs> twenty. He, he beat you to it, Susan. I'm sorry. He said B. Yeah, 20 nights. 20 nights. That's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, pretty good. All right. Uh, how long was Robert England on set? Was it A, eight hours, B, two days, C, four days? One, eight hours. Yeah. B. B. Susan got it. <laughs> oh, nice. Susan got it. Two days. So, you know, you got to figure he's probably expensive. That's why I was good. That's why I said you want Robert England in a a horror movie. He's like, I'm out of here. I want Freddie money. But uh, and last (laughs) one, this one is you had to be really watching closely on the Funhouse Massacre. There is an homage to which Doctor Who? The eleven. I don't know them enough. Yeah, not eleven. Four. I can't remember. Seven. Twelve. Six? Seven. Yeah, well, she said it. Seven. <laughs> seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys is dressed up as uh, Doctor Who. Seven. And he says, I, he's and, like, and, I'm the, I, I thought he said I'm the fourth Doctor. He was the seventh. Uh, he's the seventh. And and uh, the is it Andy Parker? Or what's his last name? Andy Palmer, the director. He said he did that because uh, he's a huge Doctor Who fan. And Doctor Who 7 never gets any love. I'm no. sorry. I don't know anything about Neither do I, dude. Neither do I. And I hear so much I about that show. I mean, I, I know, like, when I go to, like, uh, some sort of comic show and I see, like, a phone booth, uh, I know Doctor Who or something, <laughs> but I don't know anything about it, so. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, let's get into our uh, featured reviews tonight. Our first feature review tonight is 1981's The Fun House, directed by uh, what's who some would consider to be a horror legend or a master of horror, Toby Hooper, uh, written by Lawrence Block, cast including uh, Elizabeth Barrage as Amy Harper. You guys know what her most famous role is? It's an Amadeus. Uh, yeah, she was Amadeus's wife in mm-hmm. the 1984 um, you know, Tom Holson, uh, Sean Carson as Joey Harper. He was the, uh, the little boy. Uh, Gene Austin as Mrs. Harper. Jack McDermott as Mr. Harper. Uh, Cooper Huckabee as Buzz. Largo Woodruff as Liz, uh, the girl with the red jeans. Miles, uh, Chapin as Richie. And, uh, we have Kevin Conway as three different Barkers. Freak Show Barker, Barker yeah. strip, show, strip Show Barker. What a nasty strip show. And Funhouse <laughs> Barker. I'm telling you, because they have got some, I found out some very disturbing information about that strip show. Those Ooh, were, those were actual strippers. Oh, oh God. Man. But they had They're gotten from the bottom of the barrel. Florida, and I was like, wow. <laughs> 
They want to go to a strip club in Florida. And then uh, Wayne Doba as the monster. There you go. It uh, runs at one hour and 36 minutes. It was released on March 13th, 1981. And right now, with 8,685 reviews on IMDb, it's got a 5.9 average out of 10. Not too bad. So uh, what do you say we roll the trailer? Hit it. Hit it. Something is alive in the funhouse. Something not alive like its father. Something better dead. Something that has the form of a human, but not the face. This better be good. It's gonna be great. Something that feeds off the flesh and blood of young innocence. Something that tonight will turn the funhouse into a carnival of terror. Pictures, The Fun House. It's a carnival of terror from Toby Hooper, the director who terrified you with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, The Fun House. Rebellious teen Amy defies her parents by going to a trashy carnival that is pulled into town. In tow are her boyfriend Buzz and their friends Liz and Richie. Thinking it would be fun to spend the night in the Fun House horror ride, the teens witness a murder by a deformed worker wearing a mask. Locked in, Amy and her friends must evade the murderous carnival workers and escape before it leaves town the next day. Ooh. Yeah, that that is this movie. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, I, I really hadn't seen this movie in a long time, probably Me since too. the eighties. Same and, here. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was thinking, you know, that it was just a straight slasher, but I mean, it's a little nope. bit more in depth than that. You know, where where they see a murder and, and you know drop a lighter and, and get and get uh, <laughs> found out, and then they're kind of like they're just collateral damage. You know, in, in this, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you this: that Toby Hooper is not one of my favorite directors. Dude, me as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that. Same here. I think that he really. I mean, very hit no, or miss. no yeah. disrespect to Mister Hooper. That dude caught lightning in a bottle. Big with time. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I mm-hmm. think, and, and I, I don't mm-hmm. think he's as talented as say that movie made him appear. Um, he's got some decent, you know, I enjoy eating alive. This, this was enjoyable. Uh, Life forces is okay. But Vader's from Mars. I've never seen that one. That's, that's a fun sci-fi movie. It's, it's, but it's not, it's not great. Is it a little more comedic? It's very, it's very, very comedic. It's kind of like a kid's horror film. It is a kid's. It's exactly what it is. It's a kid's movie. Like in a way. Really guys, some of his more recent work, dreadful. I heard I didn't see Jen, but I heard it was really bad. Yeah, Jen. Um, I think he did the. Uh, didn't he do the remake of uh, Toolbox Murders? Toolbox Murders. Yep. Horrible. Yeah, and that was. Um, such a 
yeah, there's just some some bad stuff. I mean, and, and um, you know, God bless him. But let's just focus in on this movie. This one was actually pretty pretty enjoyable. What what'd you guys think? I agree. I agree. Susan, uh, since this is your pick, throw some yeah, stuff out. What, yeah, what, what do you, you think? What do you think? Okay. As far as some of my likes on this one, um, I I enjoyed the beginning of this movie. <laughs> like the first act I thought was kind of, kind of fun. Uh, it was, you know, throwing a little homage and respect toward Universal Monsters, which will always get my attention, and even Michael Myers and Halloween. Everything, so yep. I... I like that whole beginning. Psycho and Psycho. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Giallo. I really enjoy the first. Yeah, I enjoy the first part of this film. Um, even like the opening credit shots were reminiscent of like '60s movies to me, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I see that. And um, and you know, just the setting. I think like the whole carnival, that creepy roadside carnival that people drive by and go, "Yeah, no, I'm not going there." I think that's kind of you know relatable. So I I enjoy that aspect of it also. Yeah, I I have to agree with you that the first ten minutes uh, I love of this movie just because of the homages. It's it's amazing. Like we just na- uh, named four of them. There's even more uh, in, in that first ten minutes, which is like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. You can tell this is going to be fun. And then you said about like the carnivals and me living in Pennsylvania. Uh, they're still like that today here. It is the carnies are absolutely scary. I mean, really? They, oh, I, I'm telling you, I'd like to take a video and show you some of <laughs> oh, our. Please. Please do. Like seriously, do. it's like this movie. It felt like home. Like watching oh, wow. this movie. <laughs> no, they, I'm they scared do. now. Google <laughs> gobble, one of us. They do. I'm dead serious. <laughs> they do those traveling carnivals here in Maryland too. Yeah. I, all all along our eastern side, they do these like just just like this movie like that the the old house you know the the ride that they go on in the the actual fun house like we have them at every one of our carnivals something like that yeah really Not like the great. animatronic disneylandy type right thing. it's very like it low budget like those had some great sets in this because it was a film but same type of stuff absolutely same type of stuff it, that's why it's it those felt animatronic so things Oh, those yeah. are creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that sucked me right in just to be like, wow, this feels a little close to home seeing this movie. Uh, and I always get that nasty feeling walking through. The carnies all look like they came out of like a, an asylum. I mean, it, yeah, they, I, look I, like, look, they look like they've done some hard living. Yeah, they, <laughs> they've been around the block a couple times. But yeah. uh, just you right know, you the got path. the. You got the 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 midget making out with the tall lady. I know, you know, I know, I know. <laughs> but but I felt so bad for those animals. <laughs> yeah, those they, are real. Those were real animals, <laughs> man. I felt so bad. Ugh. And we have them in our our carnivals. Yeah. It's 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 no. brutal. Yes, yes, saw, we do. I saw one last year that was uh, was supposed to be the world's biggest cow. Oh. And good lord, it was the Shaquille O'Neal of cows. I've <laughs> really? I've never seen an animal that big in my life. No way. But, but you know what? Don't feel sorry. Those those animals get taken very good care of. Yeah, maybe. Like I they're don't. not out. You know, they're not out there going to get uh, butchered for their meat. They're no, that's true. They're getting they're getting um, yeah. fed and petted and you know whatever. But uh, what do you think about it, Vin? Did you have any fun with it, or or did you have to, you know, grin and bear it? Um, I, it's it was fun. Um, it's not 
you know, it, I don't know if I'd call it a really good movie at all. Um, you know, like the, the opening scene is fun, although I had a hard time believing that a 10 year old boy like overpowers a grown woman, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> whether she's in a shower or not. You I know, know. Um, like <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like, you know, w- once it's revealed that it's just like a little kid, I'm like, wait, what? Um, it just makes the scene awkward rather than, well, you know, well, the fact that it's his naked sister. I know. That's kind of weird. To the <laughs> and she doesn't go to, like, cover herself up. No. <laughs> it's like, it's like it feels like three minutes of, ah! I mean, not only that, but everything involving. Stop looking at my naked yeah. body! No, I I mean, that Mark scene watched told- it on slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did hear that that, um, or read at some point, that that, uh, that scene was one of the last things that they filmed. And it does kind of feel tacked on yeah. to the beginning. And, and, you know, ultimately all this stuff involving the brother was pretty much Oh, my pointless. gosh. It didn't. Yeah, it was pointless. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you think about all the scenes that we see him wandering around the carnival aimlessly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it doesn't come to anything. I don't know why we watch this. Yeah. I, well, here's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was definitely. You might be that, saying what I'm about to say. Yeah, that whole, that whole um, beginning sequence was the last thing filmed. Mm-hmm. And. I was thinking as soon as it happened, okay, there's going to be some sort of redemption for the brother. He's going to get involved somehow. He's going to save her. Something's going to happen. What the? Especially how they have so much screen time with him walking (laughs) through. What happened? Well, we found this kid. uh, He snuck out. We found him uh, running around here. Uh, Okay, let's go home and go to bed. I mean, basically, the kid like leaves home to go to the carnival. He has some guy pull a gun on him, which out of out of nowhere, just yeah, random. Just and he's like, I, because he did that, you know. And then he wanders around for a while, and then he seems to get found by a pedophile. You know, yeah, this guy was this yeah, guy was that, laying some things on thick, and I'm like, all right, this is this is just making me uncomfortable. I don't even know why I'm seeing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't tell if the kid was like traumatized or yeah. You know, I mean, the things that the guy says, he's like, you know, you should have seen what I had to do to one get your phone number. And, you know, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I washed him up real good. I'm like, that. oh, stop. He's like kind of like caressing his cheek <laughs> yeah. very uncomfortably. I like, didn't even is... think about that. Oh, I'm my like, goodness. Why am I? Why? <laughs> and then here's the yeah. thing. As soon as like when he's standing there, he kind of thinks back to his sister's threat. Yeah. And I couldn't I didn't know what I was and, supposed to be. And he, and, yeah. he, and he knows that she's there. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, should I save her? Or no, she said she was going to get me. Let's leave her here. (laughs) Yeah. Either either he he leaves her in there because he thinks she's going to get him, or he thinks that she just got him. Yeah. You know, or something. I, I, I... Again, that the, everything involving the brother, I was like, yeah, I don't know why any of this was in here. I mean, honestly, the first half of the film is really just filler. Yeah, it's just we we go to one one piece of the carnival after another. And the movie really doesn't kick in until halfway through it. Yeah, oh, and I, I, I kind of like I kind of like the fact that we spend some time at the carnival, but we don't Me get too. to know the characters. Yeah, we don't get to know the characters. Know anything about them? <laughs> yeah, I think there was a couple things like you know they the smoke magi- some weed. That's all the, I know. The magician scene yeah. is like. 10 minutes wasted. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. He but, didn't even pick one of the girls. Like, I thought he was going to really kill one of them. <laughs> yeah. And like, just, this is my daughter, Fiona. And, yeah. you know, he like shoves <laughs> the, the, the knife in there and like blood starts coming out. And then like literally like two seconds later, there's no blood in her mouth. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When he opens it. It's yeah. Like I'm like, boy, Hello? that was, <laughs> she had a quick brush or something. But, <laughs> 
you know, I really wish, um, as much as I enjoyed the movie, which I did, I'm not, I'm not going to rag on this movie that much. So uh, I. I, I'm going to say, man, he, they missed some opportunities with either the, the writing, the story, um, or, or the directing both because, uh, it really would have made the movie much better had he, the, the, the little boy, been able to be a part of, you know, the escape or the, you know, something. Um, or maybe he was in danger and she had to, you know, put the fact that he's a little jerk, you know, to the side to save him. I don't know, but it just seemed like there was a lot of screen time for him for absolutely. Yeah, there wasn't, it doesn't seem like there was no, much, there was a very strong script yeah. that was being worked off of here. But which is, which is a shame because this is a great, uh, premise, I think it's oh, a yeah. premise. There could really have been a lot of cool things, and and I'm just going to say a couple things that I liked about. It. I mean, the, I think the look of it was mm-hmm. really nice. I, I was is. expecting. Um, I, I rented this on Amazon uh, HD, I think for three ninety nine, and I was kind of expecting like you know a movie that looks like from 1981, and I think it looked really good. The print looked good and the uh i don't know if that particular print that i saw was you know restored or whatever but it looks good the colors oh yeah um the fact that it was widescreen yeah. panavision it it, it kind of made me feel like i was at that carnival and yeah the, the director of photography was andrew laszlo and uh I, I agree he did a really great job of capturing both color and shadows the colors are it's yeah, so it's, ec comics mm-hmm. It's so creep show comics. Like I love that look of the bright. There's a couple scenes where I, I, that always gets me, man. Like where they're in a hallway and the, the bright reds on the open door. It's regular lighting, but you can still see the bright red or green or blue on them. That's just yeah. I love that in horror movies, and that 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 adds points for me. Yeah, and and little things like uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. I think it. I think who was the red jeans girl? Was that Liz? But she falls through that trap door. Yeah, that's Liz. And she and she wakes yeah. up. And she's laying there, and she's like kind of in this tunnel, and there's this big fan, and it's creating like a strobe light mm-hmm. effect, and that shot was oh, just awesome. was really good. Yeah, it's awesome. One of the best of the film. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was that was really striking. And then uh, uh, to go off of that, a little tidbit that was not in the script. That scene, that shot. Um, Actually, bonus points to Toby Hooper for that. He's like, I gotta add this in. It just makes so much sense. So they added that uh, that shot and had nothing to do with it uh, overnight one day. And look at it, it's like one of our favorite scenes. Cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, no problem, man. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I about the scene with the fan. I thought that was great. Um, the lighting in general, I thought was done really well because they intermixed the use of colors and still the dark atmosphere without it being too dark, which is a complaint that I have in a lot of movies. So I thought the lighting was really well, well yeah. done. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Another great shot that I love is the, the guy you got the, the ax in his head and the carts just riding. Yeah. And oh, the, it's, it's, so cool. it's kind of following the camera and yeah. she's behind it. Mm-hmm. Screaming. Yeah. She's standing behind mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Great yeah. looking scene. Yeah. So I don't know what, what is this, uh, this guy done before? The guy you said was the the cinematographer, do you know, or the director? Of- oh, I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to check into that because he, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's Toby Hooper, kind of his vision, or if that's, you know, the cinematographer, because it was really good. It was really good. I liked, um, I liked, here, here's, here's a, a like and a dislike here. I really preferred 
the Frankenstein mask over the actual creature design. Mark, I'm so mm-hmm. over you and me thinking the same and having the same mm-hmm. things written down, okay? I'm over it. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's so true though. Like it, and it was such a great uh, you know, story point was like this monster had a monster mask on so he could be out. You know what? I, like think about that, the dichotomy of that. That's amazing. And uh, you want you ready for the craziest part about this mask? Guess who designed it? Rick Not who Baker. made it. Yes. Rick, and it it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And it's a mat. It's it's not. It's not cosmetics. It's not articulating mask. at all. Yes. It just, yeah, it yeah. Just has it's a, it's a it. straight up rubber mask. It just yeah. hits. The funny thing <laughs> is, like, if you see a shot of it, like if you've seen just like a picture, you'd be like, "Oh, that's great makeup." But in motion, it's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. Right. And this even made Fangoria's cover. I have the book back in the day. Um, yeah. I collect a lot of the older Fangoria's and this made this made the front cover, this mask. And you, the funny thing is, I think the same exact thing. I love that he had the Frankenstein mask on. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Is Rick Baker credited with doing special effects or did they um, just say rick we got enough money to ask you to make a mask well here i rick <laughs> baker just designed it um actually rob botin did the effects yeah which I mean, is just, amazing because rob botin's fantastic yeah i just i just i don't know it just I, dude, didn't, I, I agree. Didn't look, and i just felt like the the frankenstein mask was creepier because it was like what the heck's yes. under? What the heck's yeah, under there? Exactly. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. was just such a the monster mask itself was corny yeah. to me. Yeah, and I, and I don't like. This is just me. I, I don't like killers in movies who are just um, mentally handicapped. Yeah, it makes you could sense. tell like this guy is just. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. just an imbecile. He's just very, you know, mentally handicapped, and he's and he's and he's probably uh, abused and and not. You know, and he's he's actually being told to kill these people. Yeah, it's, it's go do sad. This. Yeah, I didn't I mean, think that he needed to look like right. uh, like a warthog or whatever. I, I, I think right. they were right. trying to go for like an inbred no. kind of look with the you know. I think that's kind of what they're going for. And you know, there's the scene where they're in the the kind of animal freak show and they go in the secret room the and the girl says, the "Oh, these are mutations." So yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of what we're supposed to be seeing. That might have even supposed to be a family member. It was in a jar. That's what yeah, I was. But that's what yeah. the guy yeah. said. I don't want to display like your brother. Yeah, you know, oh, okay. that's what I was thinking. That that okay. fetus was, was. I know what you mean, though, Mark. Because I mean, there's the part where I think you know uh, he says, um, "I'm just trying to protect my family," and she says something like, "Like your family is not even human." And I'm like, "Well, it's kind of harsh." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. "Well, then what is he?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> like, like that. I mean, that was I, talking about the mutations. I'm like, <laughs> I want, I want to, I want, If there's a killer, I want to know that that killer's just evil. You yeah, know, right. Not, right. Not, not, not like, sad. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. That was just something that that kind of I don't know. I didn't find him scary. I found him. And I guess that that might have been what they were yeah. going for is like a sympathetic killer. Maybe well, I don't know the fact that he was wearing the yeah. Frankenstein monster mask. Yeah, you know, kind of a misunderstood creature. And that's why I said, right, yeah, right. It's yeah. very. So, smart. I mean, and I will say I liked Wayne Doba underneath that stuff. I mean, I thought that he was able to convey the kind yeah, of like thoughts a- and feelings that the the monster was having. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. found the monster way more sympathetic than the protagonists <laughs> yeah yeah you know, it's oh uh, by a mile that's i'm glad uh-huh. you pointed that out by a mile that guy did a lot with that terrible mask on yeah yeah, yeah. he did a lot it, it, you know what though let's go to a little bit better part I, what did you guys think about the, the i'm sorry the the actors escaping me but the guy that played all the barkers oh, i thought Con- he would yeah he yeah. was 
amazing. Best part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah. My opinion amazing. is yeah. Amazing. The scenes between him and the monster. And I thought the were monster. The yes. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that was the only reason he took the job. To he said, I'll, "I'll take the job, but you've got to let me play all three. And he does it. And that was his, you know. And he ad libs a lot of those lines too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah, that um, guy was just great, man. I loved yeah. him. Yeah, he's, Even been, a, when, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's a character. Oh, yeah. I remember him from Gettysburg. Yep. But uh, the, the scene where he, he gets thrown onto the sword, like, oh, I love his yeah. reaction. Oh. Like, yeah. it was like a genuine rela- reaction. You know, it didn't seem like a movie reaction. It really it really looked like somebody who was really surprised that a sword just went through him. You know, and he's yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to figure out exactly what just happened. Um, yeah. But I, I liked his performance there too. I thought that he was, he kept me in the movie actually. That, thank you. Cause if he wasn't in this movie, yeah. I don't know if I would. And like I said, I still, I really did like this movie. I had fun with it. It's not a great movie. It's not a, it's not a great movie at all, but that guy kept me through this movie as well. He was just so good as an actor. He, he had me on every scene he did. He really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they they really try to I mean the poor the poor guy, the the monster. I hate even calling him the monster. Does he have a name? I mean, come on. No monster. Yeah, I know. It's, they uh, let's just call, at one point. I don't know. Let's just call him Tony. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, Tony the monster. But uh you know, the guy is obviously looking for some affection. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's giving a hundred dollars to the (laughs) nasty fortune teller. Okay, for you know, I'm sorry, the guy a little premature, you know, issues going on here. (laughs) You know, and she and she made fun of him, and just I will say though, in that scene, I I like that scene actually. I don't feel bad for him, but I like how she's kind of berating him the entire time. Mm -hmm. But then when he does kind of. You know, <laughs> yeah. who's it? You know, jo- you know, jump the gun there. Um, she kind of like turns a little more sympathetic all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of like, it's okay. It happens to everybody. Don't worry Too about late. it. Don't, you know, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it mm-hmm. was, it, I thought that was actually, like I said, the, the scenes involving the monster and the other actors, I thought were the best things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think she was, I heard somewhere, and I don't remember where, but that actress was Oscar nominated. Not for that role. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> not for that yeah, role. What that Oscar said. Yeah. But, uh, How would something. you explain that one? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Here's something that I didn't like, and I don't know what you guys thought about it, but I did not like the music. Dude, I, I loved like the, the music. Actually. I loved the carnival music, but yeah, I hated yeah. the score music. Ca- carnival music, yes. <laughs> score just, was terrible. I just, it just felt. And this is something I always say. It felt like TV movie. Generic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Generic. It, watching when we uh, did Scarecrows. Same yeah, thing. Same and exact thing. It, yes. it, it just makes you feel like, man, if they really had somebody who made a really good, creepy score. Probably be saying something it, different. It would have been a lot better. But I just kind of felt like there was just, too, I don't know. Maybe, I really, maybe really, I'm so Maybe I'm so used to. That John Carpenter, like minimalistic, yeah, type, well, you know, impact, a lot of yeah. sweeping orchestra type right. stuff in here, and I just don't, I don't think it fit the movie. But. I kind of, I, I didn't mind the music itself. I didn't always like the use of the music because sometimes it was so heavy-handed with the musical cues and, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just, it, it kind of came off as a little bit goofy sometimes. And, and I don't think it was, it, for me, it wasn't the music itself. It was just how it was being used in the movie, you yeah. know. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, that music itself is good music. I mean, I like classical music. I like score music. It just didn't seem to fit. Right. Um, I agree with that. And like you said, not just fit, but didn't fit like certain scenes. Uh, where it came in, so I would uh, I would definitely uh, say that's something that needed to be uh, worked on. Um, yeah. The sets were great, though, man. Uh, again. That's where I was just going to go. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you, you know what was like amazing to me in this film, like one of my favorite parts. That's only in it maybe like six seconds. The huge King Kong entrance head. Yeah. Oh, that was. <laughs> great. Oh my God, where the mouth opens and closes. Yeah, we're, like we're, she's coming yeah. out at the end, right? You know what I would do for that for the entrance of my house. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be so cool. I mean, King Kong, the epitome of the monster. I mean, uh, such an awesome set. I would love to know if that was part of the actual attraction or if they somebody like in set design made that. Because if whoever did make it, like I applaud you. That thing was amazing. I would and assume the way, that and was the way part. They, yeah, the way they shot that scene with her coming through oh. and then turning around and looking at it and the lighting. I, I thought that was right. great. I actually rewound that and watched it again. That one That's little awesome. bit. It's yeah. awesome. It is so good. And just every set inside the the um, carnival itself. I mean, the car- the carnival itself, you knew was real with the yeah. dust everywhere. When I walk around my carnivals, we're covered in dust. I don't. I can't even wear white shoes. It was just so real. It was the the sets are probably one of the best parts of the whole film. Yeah, I also thought that for the most part, I think the acting was pretty decent. I, I think that even the four. "Quote unquote teenagers, yeah, they, right. weren't, they weren't teenagers. The thirty-year-old yeah. teenagers, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> my my least favorite was Buzz, who just kind of like seemed like I don't know, just way too old for the part to me. Just way yeah, too and, old, and way too old to like even make me believe. Like, okay, the, <laughs> let, let me let me set aside. This is a movie. I can I can I. I can pretend that this 23-year-old is 17. I can't pretend that the 32-year-old is a 17. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I well, hear you. I thought Amy, I think she was a, a good actress. I think a lot of her facial expressions were good. I mean, she kind of had a good like, actress, a, completely useless yeah. character. Yeah, they, oh didn't give her, yeah. they didn't give her anything to do, and she didn't <laughs> even... She didn't even ri- really rise up to be the kind of final girl that she yeah, could have been. Um, like, yeah, yeah. The yeah. monster basically accidentally kills himself. Yeah. yeah well, she does. just stands yeah, there and screams, exactly. and he just kind of it stands there for him to grab her one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing she did was finally right. one of the worst final him. girls I've ever seen in one yeah. of these movies. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like worse than dropping the knife, you know? It's like yeah. she's just standing there, and she's going to move closer to him now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah very, really- very anticlimactic ending. Yeah. Uh, but, except for that kill, that kill, like where he does end up basically committing suicide. What a setup! I knew it was coming. I mean, everybody has to see that coming. They're showing the gears turning and the hooks. I mean, for ten minutes before the monster right. even comes in, yeah. it actually would have been more yeah. horrific. Talk if he about did the, the, the longest shot yeah. ever. I know, wasn't it? It really was the well, longest. Here's here's the thing. I mean, again, they probably didn't have the money or whatever. Make it his nasty head that got in, yeah, in those gears and and squish it like a pumpkin or something. There, because yeah. there was there was basically no gore in this movie, dude. They had to show off the drool. No. <laughs> oh god, you guys, to- <laughs> wait, wait. Can we talk? Can we? Can we please have a moment for practical effects and talk about the drool that never actually drips, and it's- then they do one. One tight shot, one time to like pointedly show. Okay, it's actually going to drip one drop <laughs> right like, now. We got it. Yes. We got it. Like, okay, come on. And then they then they've got the guy drooling on the sword. And they, I mean, 
it's just it was a drool fest. Yeah, yeah they we, like their the KY jelly. Yeah, we know we know it was KY. The blood. We yeah. know it was KY jelly. We know it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. you know, I, I just was like, if you're gonna have some weaker story points, uh, at least have some cool kills yeah. or that kind of thing. And even though there were a few cool kills. They didn't really, you know. They're not. Yeah, they're no slasher kills. Yeah, they're no slasher kills. Right. And again, I would not even um, consider this a slasher. No, not I would, even. I would say it was a creature feature. It is. You know, with yeah, a couple of slasher mm-hmm. elements at the end. And, and you know, <laughs> one thing that cracked me up is what kind of a traveling carnival has real axes and yeah. real swords painted know, out right? of the walls. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. And how big is that thing? <laughs> yeah. How do you get lost? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's why I think it's a trailer. Maybe two, you know. I'm- it did. It did look pretty big from the outside, but I mean, it looked like there were like four or five. Yeah, but that's like an established carnival. That yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they got like a traveling secret, one, secret room underneath. What the? Heck? Yeah, I don't, it looked like she was in the basement at the end. I'm like, yeah, you know, secret room of ill, I like that. ill I like repute. That I like that part. <laughs> uh, you know what the. When I I feel like we're really crapping on it a lot, but I really do want to state that I love this. I loved watching this movie, revisiting it. Uh, that's why I keep saying that it's not. It really is not a great movie. I think you guys could agree with that. There's so many things that should have happened differently. Or, but it is a fun movie to watch. Yeah. The problem is, like for a lot of horror fans, they want action, they want deaths. I I looked into it. The first death in the movie is one hour and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. And and the the camera was trained just far too long. Right, on, right, on right. So many scenes. It's yeah. like they were just waiting, and they let the camera roll, and then they didn't edit that out. I mean, I think editing could have helped this movie a lot too, because yeah. some shots just lingered way too long with no payoff. Yeah, yeah Mark, I think you said this is an hour and thirty six minutes. It did not need to be. Or or if it's gonna be an hour and thirty six minutes, you know, stagger Action. some deaths. Action. You know, stagger yeah. one or two deaths in or that. At least first character development. Yeah, that. something. So that I feel bad for them. Yeah. You know, I really don't I, I didn't feel anything when any of these characters started going. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I, I just, couldn't wait for I didn't what's know the them guy after buzz? An hour. Buzz, yeah, that yeah. guy Buzz. I yeah. was just like, "Can we kill him already, please?" Yeah, get him yeah. out of here, right? <laughs> you know he was the douchebag. Yeah, let's world. just get say it. Buzz was a douche. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, really uh, for like a dislike. So it, that's the only thing is like it's a slow moving movie. Um, there's not there's not a lot of stuff going on for like an hour and 10 minutes, but it's for some reason still kept me interested and I did finish it and I was happy I watched it. So that, that means something to me. And the, the other, the last thing I really want to point out is uh, when I feel bad for a monster like that, but in this style movie, it doesn't work as well. Um, compared to Frankenstein, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? Frankenstein, you feel bad for because, of the whole setup and the way the story shot the whole time and why he gets his revenge in this movie um with it, there's not even a revenge thing because the monster ends up committing suicide in a way so it's kind mm-hmm. of, that falls flat to me man so i guess i'll put my resting points on that but i i still had fun and i will watch this again yeah i'm, I'm definitely uh 
happy that Susan picked it because it was one of those that I was like, man, I need to watch that again. I haven't watched that since 1985 or whatever, wow. and I need to revisit that. And uh, I'm glad I revisited it. Yeah, and I was actually I would. I was actually the same way about it. I hadn't seen it in so long, and I'm like, "Oh, well, this would be a good companion for the other one." And yep. and it it was one of those where you remember it, but not really, and then you watch it and you see it in a whole different light. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Well, let's do some uh, some real quick trivia, and then we'll yeah. rate the movie. Um, I thought this was, was kind of interesting. They they, I think there was like 75 or 80 extras. And I guess the uh-huh. the director of photography or whatever, he, he, it was his job to make sure it looked like 200 people. You know, I don't know how they do all that stuff. But they, they these scenes where they were on rides and stuff, uh, sometimes <laughs> they would have to be on these rides for way longer than most people would be on a ride. And people were like puking and uh, <laughs> oh, sick no. and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. What you do for your two minutes of fame right exactly i've actually got an excerpt from an interview that uh that toby cooper did in 2010 i think it was shocked till you drop well well, you had a lot of interference from producers and financiers and the like which must have been an interesting introduction to when you finally did move into the studio situation uh with uh the fun house was that something that friedkin brought you into uh no that was a um uh, a man named Derek Power, mm-hmm. and it was a script that that I had a chance to work on and, and embellish, and I really wanted to do it because I I, I was a fan of Nightmare Alley, yeah, and, uh, and I'd always wanted to do a carnival film, and so I had truly freakish anomaly animals, sideshows, and uh, I saw recently and realized well. Even Nightmare Alley didn't have the kind of carnival I had. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I shot it in, in Miami because that's the winter, the campground for the carnivals that used to, you know, roam across this country. Right. It was technically difficult mm-hmm. because to get, you know, hundreds of people going in Ferris wheels and machines. Time it out and, and all, all the movement out. and all the choreography. There was one, there's one shot in that movie Actually, it's like it's it's a it's a it's a scene that's done in one shot, and it's dollies in on the couple hiding, or they're 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 talking behind a tent, and there's this um, kind of octopus ride close by, and you see the lights flash through mm-hmm. frame in the background, and um, it just kept kept rolling and pulling back. And I was reslating, and then and I would talk to the actors, and then we'd do it again. And anyway, it was we we started feeling raindrops hit us, but there you know there were no. I looked up, there's stars, there, <laughs> and then and then I heard this, you know, this grinding of this this octopus gondola machine where there was a spinning gondola inside, a spinning arm and another spinning, uh, and looked up against the moonlight, and there was a spray of effluvia. Coming, coming from the machine, and I could hear, I could, I could hear sounds of real anguish, and and and, and, and please, you know, please stop the ride, and and you know the first AD had forgotten to you know stop stop the thing between between takes between takes. Could I mean, no one was you know. They were, they were sick, but they were. <laughs> but it could have been worse. But yeah, it could have been worse. But, That's um, funny. Yeah, so yeah, they, they start feeling the puke hitting them while he's, 
Oh God! They got their they got their ten dollars a day for yeah. being extra being extras. That was good stuff. Yeah, and um, free carnival ride tickets for the next day. That's right. Uh, Toby Hooper was at one point nearly struck by a flying call, but was saved by an extra who broke their arm in the process. Wow! And really? Toby Hooper was also bitten by a brown recluse spider during filming. That's scary. Yeah, yes, that, it that is. thing will kill you. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. brutal. They melt uh, bone. Like I said before, the girls in the strippers tent were local strippers from Miami, Florida. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure it wasn't a retirement home or something <laughs> out there? Boca Raton or something. But uh, anyway, um, and here's what uh, Toby Hooper wanted. Would you said Andrew Laszlo for yes. his cinematography because he liked his lighting on the Warriors. That's what he had done. Yeah. And after this, he did a Rambo First Blood. Okay. He did like Star Trek Five. So oh, wow. he, he did he did some movies afterwards. Yeah, yeah. sure did. And uh, as we know, there's tons and tons of little uh, shout outs to uh, horror. You know, the the opening scene being a tribute to Psycho and Halloween. The Frankenstein mask. There's a Frankenstein poster. Oh, uh, they're, they're watching Bride of Frankenstein on yep. the TV. Uh, so lots of little stuff, you know. So that was really cool. Um, I think uh, they used a number of antique clockwork and mechanical old toys, which had been used as props. You know, all these little, you know, weird looking little toys, probably the ones with like clowns and right, that right. kind of stuff, which Creepy. I think they used really well. They I, did, I think man. They did. Let me see. Oh, yeah. I like the, uh, the Brazilian uh, title for this movie is uh, not fun house, but pay to get in, pray to get out. <laughs> That's which I awesome. think is, I think is a I like pretty, good, pretty good tagline. Which That's they didn't awesome. use. They didn't use that tagline in the states. You know what the tagline was in the states? Pray from, to get in. Pray no, to get from out. from the director that brought you an, uh, Texas a Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre because they yeah, they, they had to you know they had to market it as that. You know what? That's funny, um, Mark Nito. I, I have the collector's edition in my hand, and we got the cool one where it says "Pray to get in, uh, pay to get in, pray to get out," which is really cool. Scream Factory made that the reversible cover. Absolutely. I think so that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I have a little thing here. Yeah. A little tidbit. Uh, Larry Block was the scriptwriter, and he was paid a measly thousand dollars to write the script, and. <laughs> When he found out that this movie was made and how, how uh, you know, this was before a director was picked or anything like that. And once he found out that Toby Hooper was making it and everything, he got really mad, like really, really upset because he's like, yo, I, I should have sold that for 100000 You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, I'm not, it's not the best script, but still it was a bit bigger budget movie. But he ended up lucking out because this book, you know, they always did the novelizations back then. He ended up getting the, his name on that, and he had the complete licensing right to it. So it was a bestseller in America. So he made all of his money off the book and not the film. Yeah. So it went from it went from really bad to really good for him. So that's cool. Mm. Well, if they'd have paid him a little bit more up front, he might have had something you know for the kid to do. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm only getting how much for this? Uh, I know, right? Okay, I don't think so. It's crazy. Uh, so, uh, anybody else with any trivia? Mm. All yep. right. Well, let's go ahead and rate this bad boy, Susan. Since uh, your picks tonight, you know, I'm all, I'm I'm. There's some movies I'm torn on, and 
sometimes I'll put some sentimental, you know, if it's an 80s movie, I might like it a little bit more just because I love a lot of 80s movies. Um, But for this... I I really am kind of along the lines of the masses and I give it like okay I'll go in the middle I'll say six and a half wow that's funny out of ten skulls um I just it's one of those movies where don't watch this movie if you want to be scared and you want to freak out and you want to you know that kind of a night and you know have an excuse to hold somebody's hand or something don't this is not that movie um if you want to just have something probably preferably around Halloween uh, unless you're somebody like me that every day is Halloween um, you know it's one of those just fun throwback you know, well it's not a throwback because it is the 80s but it's just one of those fun movies um, it, have it on in the background while you're doing something because there are slow parts that you know there are a lot of slow burns that I love because there's payoff in the slow burn but I don't feel like there's payoff in the slow burn on this and so I don't know for whatever reason, I'm at six and a half out of ten skulls, and I say um, buy it if you're a fan of, of 80s horror, carnival movies, that sort of thing, because like we said, there are a lot of cool images and, and shots and, and things like that, and, you know, but if you're not a huge fan of that kind of thing or you're not a big horror collector, then just, you know, watch it on video on demand or that kind of thing. All right, Walshy, what about you? Susan, same exact score. Get out! Yep, same exact thing. Six and a half out of ten. Um, that might seem low, but that's not. It's still fun to me. I I will watch this again. Like I said, um, it, it's a fun movie, man. There's Toby Hooper fanatics out there. Yeah, if you're gonna be a completist, uh, you, you gotta get it. I own it. Um, it has a great collector's edition. And if I, I I failed to mention earlier, which I'm just gonna say right now, that how there wasn't a lot of um, you know, in the script, we didn't really get to evolve the they didn't get to evolve the characters a lot. Lot, but I did see the deleted scenes that were with the TV cut, and that adds a bunch of stuff with like the family yeah. meeting the parents and all that type of stuff, which adds a lot more to the characters. So yeah, there's an extra but, 15 minutes. Yeah, okay, you saw that too. It does add a lot it, more. Yeah. It's, on, it's on YouTube. I, uh, I guess. Oh, they, cool. Okay. I don't know if it's just something that they reshot just for TV. Remember they had to make it. It uh, was. They had it to was. make Halloween uh, yep. a little yeah. longer and stuff. So maybe you know yep. they shot that. Extended. And, yeah. Yeah, maybe, so. maybe that I, I think, is better. And I think Walshy and I will agree to to tell people that if you are going to buy this, because um, I'm the same, get the Scream Factory edition. Please 100%. do yourself a favor, get the 100%. Scream Factory edition. Yeah, so I'm I'm in the same book. I would I would say I would say uh, even if it's six point five, buy it. All right, Revenant Van. Uh, I think this is a movie that looks a lot better than it is. <laughs> um, it's. It's got a really kind of aimless first half. Um, it kind of kicks in more in the second half. Um, for me, the characters are even, you know, I haven't seen that extra stuff. So for me, what I saw, they were fairly flat. And really, you know, the, the characters just ended up being defined as, you know, um, the women were defined by the guys wanting to have sex with them. And the guys were defined by them wanting to have sex with the women. Yeah, there was right. really no other character development that went on. <laughs> um <laughs> And I ultimately, I do like my final girls to be more resourceful and proactive and not just kind of shrill screamers that, you know, accidentally survive. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. But uh, it, it's it's fine. I, I give it a six out of ten, um, just a little bit lower than you guys. I mean, it's kind of it's, it's a passing grade for me. But, sure. you know, it's 
I, I, I don't think anybody needs to rush out to see it. Yeah. But you're I not going to, you know, you'll enjoy yourself if you watch it. All right. Well, I'm going to give mine just a second. I, I forgot to say this. Back in 2009, 2010, there were, there were talks that Eli Roth wanted to remake this. He loves this movie. Yeah, and and this is uh, this is what he says in an interview. He says the Funhouse is a movie where the first half is brilliant. They set up great characters and then they pay off none of them. You have Mark the magician sawing his daughter in half. The brothers who run the carnival in the Funhouse setting, and then it's all about this weird mutant thing. It should be about kids getting killed in horrible ways, put in different contraptions in the funhouse, and the final girl being strapped into the ride and sent into the tunnels to be confronted by terrifying tableau of her dead friends. A smart remake could be so much fun. Kill the kids in fabulous ways and continually reuse the bodies by making them freaks in the freak museum. So their eyes shut, wax works. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff I want to do in a remake of the Funhouse. So maybe one of these I kinda days, I kind of like that actually. That yeah, sounds really yeah. Cool. Maybe really one, good. maybe one of these days, uh, Eli Roth will, uh, you know, get that in. Uh, oh, he's a huge horror cast listener, as we all know. Oh, so, absolutely, yeah, Eli. <laughs> Eli, Eli get give out me there a call. You got to read his email. Yeah, I'll float you alone. I'll float you alone, Eli, to get this thing off the ground. <laughs> all right, uh, that's- I'll, I'll talk to Toby. And uh, we'll get it all worked out. But uh, I also gave it a six out of ten, so I'm right on there with uh, Revan and Vin. Uh, this is a definite. Um, I think it's a definite watch. If you're a horror fan, you need to watch it. I mean, this is this is uh, an entertaining movie, not without its flaws. But um, again, I'm glad that I was able to revisit it, and uh, don't don't regret it at all. And I will watch it again in the future. So awesome. there you have it. That's our review of the Funhouse. Very good. Uh, uh, let me pop in here. I gotta get going. It, it ran a little longer than I thought. Um, I'm sorry, guys, but I tried to hang in as long as I could. I, I now have to get up I'm in four. <laughs> yeah, I now have to get up in four hours, so I want to get a little bit oh, of sleep. I have a 16-hour day ahead of me tomorrow. Oh um, my god! No, it's all good, man. I love this stuff. This is fun. This is why I do it. Uh, but I'm just gonna miss the second. Uh, second review here. That's it. So I will let you guys, you guys know what I did think on the next, um, you know, podcast. I'll give you my score and everything. And I'm excited to hear what my co-hosts here are going to say about it. Uh, I'll, I will say I did have some fun with it. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sorry I have to leave. Don't hate on me. I love you all and be good. All right, man. Good night, man. All right. Bye, guys. All right. So we're going to forge ahead. And we are going to do our feature review of 2015's The Funhouse Massacre. Uh, the Funhouse Massacre is a 2015 movie directed by Andy Palmer. It is an hour and 30 minutes. And it is a, whether you want to call it a comedy horror or a horror comedy, I think it's more of a horror comedy. I think they were going for a pretty even split. And it was written by Ben Begley, who wrote the screenplay and the story. Renee Dorian also came up with some characters and some story. Uh, it stars Robert England as the warden, Jerry Burns as Mental Manny, Scotty Thompson as Sheriff Kate, Matt Angle, I guess it's Angel as Morgan, Chasty Balesteros as Christina. Good old Clint Howard, the ice cream man himself, <laughs> as the taxidermist. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Gaines, uh, good old um, Malachi. Yeah. Yes, as Dennis. Eric uh, Chavera as Gerardo. Mars Crane as Rocco, the 
the big old clown, and then a, a host of other people, uh, lots of other people. I'm not going to go into. I guess I have to say Candace Deviser, Deviser. She was uh, Dollface uh, and Miss Quinn, uh, who she starts out as Miss Quinn, and, and let's just say that's got to be a nod to Harley Quinn, right? Got I, th- I think nod is yes, calling yes. it lately. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then we got to say Ben Begley is Deputy Doyle. Now, he's the guy that wrote most of the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, and Renee Dorian, who wrote it with him, was Lori. Lori. Yeah, Bumblebee girl. Spelled, spelled, oh, yes. like, spelled like Lori Stroud in Halloween. I'm just Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, this, this is a big cast of people. It really is. There's a lot of characters in this movie. Uh, why don't we run the uh, trailer and then we'll come back with a synopsis and we'll go into it, all right? Hit it. Roll it. Something. Dahmer and Bundy and Gacy, they're just the ones that got all the press. We house the ones that you whisper about around the campfire. Let's give the boys a tour of their new playground. Looks like a killer scene tonight here at the Macon County Funhouse. We may need crowd control. That is right, Dr. Davis. People are literally losing their heads to get in here tonight. I'm not scared. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh that looks so real. That other one's hot. This place is too scary for me. Besides, so many white people like this. I'm amazed how Let me guess, your friend's been murdered at the fun house. Wow, that was actually pretty realistic. I think it's time for a final act. They locked us in! That would be a good time to run. I hate Halloween. Are you crazy? Do you know what's happening out there? Oh, you mean the deranged serial killers who are pretending to be haunted house characters and killing everybody? These games look so fun. These monsters. Even God is afraid of. No way you live, no way. Yeah. Okay. You are so bad at this. (laughs) Miss, are you dead? We're back, and uh, this is the synopsis. It's uh, six of the world's scariest psychopaths escape from a local asylum and proceed to unleash terror on the unsuspecting crowd of a Halloween funhouse whose themed mazes are inspired by their various reigns of terror. All right, guys. So uh, let's talk about this movie. What'd you guys think? Well, let's get a horror gal again uh, going first since these were her movies. I, I really enjoy this movie. Um, there are a lot of things I liked about it. I mean, obviously uh, throwing in some of the, major stars that we've seen before was definitely a good call. I thought the pacing of this movie was good. Um, so it, it did start off 
where you have some action going on. So it, you, this is not a slow burn. You'll you'll know from the beginning, from the get go, what you're in for. And I I loved the the sets and the lighting, and um, I enjoyed the characters. I just I thought this was a really fun movie. So there there was actually a lot that I really liked about it. Okay. Oh, and I think some of the lines were kind of Freddy-esque. <laughs> oh, without a, <laughs> and, without a question. Yeah, and and that really um, struck a chord with me. There's obviously a lot of... I, I love anything that pays legitimate homage to 80s horror um, without ripping it off, just kind of saluting it, tipping their hat. And I, I feel like they did a good job with it. And I enjoyed the comedy in it. I'm a horror comedy fan. Any of the listeners know. Um, so if you're not a fan of horror comedies, you know, that's that might be a point of contention for you. Uh, but if you like things that have legitimate horror and comedy together, I, I thought it was pretty cool. All right. Well, I just wanted to say this real quick because uh, I found out that I made a mistake in, um, when we talked about Funhouse. I got them mixed up. This is the movie that was uh, filmed at Land of Illusion, Haunted Screen Park in uh, Middletown, Ohio. Um, not Toby Hooper's Funhouse, mm. which was um, filmed down in Florida. So it, it might have still Funhouse might have still been uh, uh, filmed like in a real Funhouse uh, or a real carnival. I'm not sure if to check into that, but this one is the one that I had mentioned. Yeah. The Funhouse was filmed at a real carnival, and the Funhouse was a studio. Okay, yeah. there you go. But this one was actually Land of Illusion. It's actually a haunted screen park, and there's a lot of those um, popping up all over the country. Now, let, let me tell you, uh, before I, I, I turn the microphone over to Vin, I'm going to tell you, I had a good time with this movie, too. Um, mostly because this is an actual real fear of mine. Um, no, oh. I, totally serious. Um, there's these, I guess what they would call haunts. You know, you guys, you guys have been to haunts, right? I, like, I, mean, I haven't been to the major ones, but well, I'm aware of them. Well, they're all over, <laughs> yeah. all over the country. And uh, there's a there's a <laughs> horror gal says be right back cats puking all right <laughs> clean up the hairball okay I, I'm sorry I'm back <laughs> she's back cat cat I'm is sorry. done puking the I, I know we got we got yeah. we got through this without Walshy puking but then my cat you know <laughs> you know I really have to recommend um, some hairball control uh, food I'm just kidding I got cats too it's ridiculous and it's gross. <laughs> gross um this is my thing there is a um, a haunt in our area it's called bennett's curse uh bennett's curse is a pretty famous haunt it's been on uh, all kinds of tv shows where they talk about best haunts in the in the united states and everything and and can i tell you if you if you look up bennett's curse maryland and just go to that website they they have real like movie type people, uh, you know, doing their uh, makeup and doing their, wow. their uh, special effects. And um, yeah, it's scary. Uh, it's not necessarily that that scares me. It's, it's the fact that any crazy person could use that. You know, what, what a perfect setup to be able to hurt somebody 
or kill somebody. It actually happened, I think, a year or two ago in a, in a fun house or in a haunt somewhere where some crazy person killed somebody. Uh, in oh, a Mark, 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 that was on Snopes.com. It was fake. Yeah, even 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 they had like little news footage supposedly about this little boy being killed in the in a, and it's not that was fake. It was all fake. It was just a big online joke. Well, yeah. I'll be a, a sick one, one, but, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it still Sorry could happen. That. It still could happen, Susan. <laughs> and, you're, and you think it could happen to you? And so now it's deep thoughts with Mark Nato. Yes. <laughs> you know, these guys don't do any background checks on these people. I mean, they could be hiring Ed Gein to to come in and uh, well, not him because he's dead. But you know what I'm saying? I just it's just weird that you leave yourself in lots of vulnerable um, situations. You know, somebody coming at you with a chainsaw. Okay, I'm hoping the chainsaw is sans chain, but who says it is? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so that's just one of my fears. So, um, you know, I, I had a good time with this. Again, this is not a, in, in any way, shape, or form like a scary movie. To you know, I, I had fun with it. I wasn't scared by it. And uh, it, it's just kind of like one of those movies you put on. This would definitely be a, a great Halloween night movie, I think. Uh, and, and there's a lot of good things, which we'll talk about. Uh, there's some there's some not-so-good things, too. But let's hear real quick what, what Vin uh, thought, just, just overview. Well, I mean, a good way to look at this film, I think, is it's a film that's made purely for horror fans. You know, it... It's it knows what horror fans want for the most part, you know, especially like a gore hound or something. And um, it, it just it really just tries to give it to you. And it's kind of it kind of throws all these different things into the mix. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about which ones work and which ones don't. Yeah. Um, but they're really it's like it's all the stuff. It's like you like this, you like this, you know, and all this different stuff kind of that's connected to the genre and just kind of throwing it in there. Um, so it really knows exactly what audience is going for. Um, and on one hand, that's really good. Um, you know, it's, it really does know its audience. Cause I, I, one of the lines that had me cracking up was when they were in line to get inside the, the actual like fun house. Um, and they do look up and down the line. They're like, there are a lot of white people. And I'm like, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, yeah this movie knows its target demographic pretty well. <laughs> that's right. Um, um, you know, and, but with that, I think it, it kind of, it also means that it, it kind of sets the bar kind of low and it doesn't really feel like it needs to, it needs to go beyond it. I think mm-hmm. um, th- those are just my opening thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that um, I had said this before and I don't know if it's something that um, the listeners will have heard if it was something that was on the recording, but I feel that this was a way toned down Rob Zombie film. And I mean that actually in a good way, because I think that there, there are uh, everyone knows about my dislike for Rob Zombie and his films. <laughs> uh, I like his music. I don't like his films, but um, I, I kind of feel like some of those movies, like this this movie Thirty One that's coming out in September, I feel like this is kind of like almost the same sort of deal. There's like five or six 
you know, bad guys, serial killers, and they're in this this warehouse or this place, and and people have to try to survive, and and each each uh, you know clown or person has a different you know personality or different makeup or or mo or whatever, but this was one that I found. I, mean, I guess if if you would, the only only word I can think of is more tasteful than what Rob Zombie would give you. I didn't find there was a lot of, um, you know, I was surprised there was only one booby in this movie. Um, I mean, weren't you? I mean, if they're, you know, <laughs> horror fans are known for wanting their boobies. Mm-hmm. There was only one uh, brief booby. I don't care about that at all, but I was surprised. <laughs> And uh, in case my wife is listening, uh, he doesn't care about it at all. Everyone, that's exactly why he brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and then I don't, um, I don't necessarily think that uh, they felt like it was it was needed to be like um, either overly, um, I guess, vulgar in in the in the way in the jokes and in the and in the um, the way that the the killers worked and there was not, there's not a lot of cussing in this movie. I'm not, you know, not that I'm, I've heard everything in the book in, in a movie, but it just didn't seem like it was um, over the top in that way. Uh, I kind of felt this was, you know, like I said, a toned down Rob Zombie film. And I, and I really do mean that in a good way. Um, I, I actually liked, what'd you guys think about the, the actual killers, the villains, who who were your favorites and who did you think was just stupid? Anybody? Well, I thought Mars Crane did an amazing job. I just his kind of stoic, just completely intimidating presence. I thought he did really well. I do I do think they could have utilized Clint Howard more. Um, mm-hmm. But again, you know that was probably financial. <laughs> you think so? I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine Clint Howard is pulling down the big bucks. Um, and no, you, know, I, you know, I don't know though. I, I mean, he's he's a staple though. You know, he's he's known. He's been in so yeah. many things. I mean, you know, he's he's got a. You know, but I I also liked uh like Dollface because I'm always a fan of putting a female killer in the mix. So yeah, well this was definitely um you know Suicide Squad horror style kind of yeah. is 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 kind of what I felt and I think that was kind of what they were going for and I kind of think it was enjoyable. Um, I, I did not like the fact that they. Didn't they? They just seem to depend a little bit too much on Rocco, you know, yeah. the Rocco the clown. I think he was supposed to be like oh, the Jason yeah. Voorhees. Yeah, which yeah. I think he was pretty intimidating, and and I think the fact that he you know rips the guy's face off and puts it on his own face, you know that that's kind of cool. But I, I kind of feel like they depended on him too much. They, I wish they would have shown us what what the uh, the dentist was doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the taxidermist, what he was doing, like and maybe some some after effects of what he had done. Um, what, what was the other one? Oh, oh yeah, definitely the chef. I think that there was a big big opportunity for for him because there was like a big kitchen in there, mm-hmm. and he ended up not even being in there. He Stuff up, that even worked. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. The, he ended up the being the, 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 the ticket taker. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what happened to your kitchen? You know, so um, yeah. So there was a few things that I wish they would have done 
But yeah, I mean, I, I had some fun with the villains, but it, at the same time, they were so derivative of other things that I've, you know, the, uh, of things that they were obviously kind of taking from. Yeah. That it just kind of kept reminding me of those other things yeah. as I was watching them. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that's exactly what that is. And, you know, it, it, they're not really upping the game in this with it. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if, like, just in a, in a, a different world, like, if it would have been, you know, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, you know, um, you know all all the different you know serial killers that had been put in this in this asylum or whatever, and that they were, you know, put it. I don't know. That, it just yeah. kind of would have been even mental man. He's kind of like he's kind of crossed me like the Joker and Jim Jones and yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I, on the one hand, it sounds like I it w- when you talk about it, it, I feel like it should have been a lot cooler than it ends up being on screen. Mm-hmm. You know. It's just like, oh, you want like kind of Joker, Jim Jones, and then like Jason Voorhees and Harley Quinn, and you know, yeah. <laughs> just kind of throw like throw them all into like a, ma- a you know a, a fun house and have a massacre people. Like that just sounds like it could not not fail whatsoever. You know, yeah. um, and then this movie doesn't fail, but it's at the same time kind of like wow, I'm you know I, I was hoping for more as I kept on watching it. Yeah, it's not it's not the it doesn't. Know. It doesn't take those things and then really make it its own. That, yeah. that was my problem with it. Yeah, it's entertaining. It's fun, mm-hmm. but it's but it's nothing like earth shattering. You know, is, is kind of think what we're what we're saying. But um, I liked I liked Robert Englund. I always like him. I think he's he's not, he wasn't just a good Freddy. I think he's a good actor um, overall. I mean, he's just got that. You know, especially in a horror movie, he's just got that look and that sound. Even though the fact he didn't even play a bad guy in this movie, um, did you guys notice the um, the? I don't know if it would be an an homage or a complete ripoff of Halloween in the score. Did you guys hear that? Oh I don't yeah, know if I totally picked that oh, up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was okay. it was, but yeah. it was it was like electric guitars. It was like. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's Halloween, um, <laughs> and um, I think it looks good. And that that set, I mean, that is really awesome. Uh, this land of illusions in in Ohio, man. I, I think the way you touched on it just now is, I think, kind of goes to the heart of one of the one of the problems I have with the film because you couldn't decide whether something was an homage or a ripoff. Yeah, and that's where I kind of kept coming into this movie, being like, I couldn't quite decide either. You know, yeah. like there's an ambulance scene. You know, where I'm like, this is straight from another movie. Like, I don't know. Yes, you know, and, it, and that's and that's the thing, you guys. But this that didn't feel I like think. an homage. You know, it was just kind of like, okay, you're not doing anything different with it here, though. You, you know? mean, it, you mean at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that they they took from a lot of different. You know, they 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 milked a lot of cows, but they made their own butter. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 but I also I kind of came at it from the concept of. Everybody loves every horror fan. I think we all love it when we're watching a movie, be it any movie. I mean, we were just talking about Stranger Things when all of a sudden somebody is, you know, quoting a line or saying, "What? What are you like, Michael Myers?" You know, that kind of thing. When when we see something and it's something that means something to us as a horror fan. So I, the way I perceived this movie is that that was kind of the whole point. Is I'm going to try to kind of make a stew out of everything that you will say oh that reminds me of this or oh that reminds me of that i felt like it was supposed to be kind of 
quote unquote fun pun intended, I yeah. guess, mm-hmm. and incorporate all of that. And and I feel like if they didn't want it to be taken like that and they didn't want it to be fun, it wouldn't have been a comedy. It would have just been a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. The the effect that it has on me, though, when I'm watching it is I'm kind of like, oh, that reminds me of another movie that I think kind of did it better. (laughs) So I I feel like sometimes I'm just kind of watching a lesser approximation to what I had seen before. And it it ends up coming off almost like fan fiction or something. I'm like, you know, okay, (laughs) you know, this is this is fun to read, but it's not it's not nearly as good as the original, you know. (laughs) But but you know what? I bet if somebody I'm probably sounding overly harsh right now, but I mean, you know, I I still had fun watching it, but I'm just, you know, trying to. I think that if somebody watched this who wasn't a huge horror fan and wasn't as familiar, they might have a really good time with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even more so than a horror fan, because I think things would be even like things would be newer. Um, but yeah, especially I, I, younger horror fans would probably really have a great time with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not that you know, I, mean, I know you know we still have a good time with it, but yeah, you know, I could see somebody who didn't know exactly everything that they were taking from really kind of maybe getting more excitement from it. Yeah, I really wish they would have. Uh, a lot. Anybody else really like the 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 lady sheriff? Yeah. I, th- I thought she did a pretty good job. But I, <laughs> the but actress I, is okay. As the straight, as the straight person, yeah, yeah. But funny. I thought, like, I think it was kind of weird how they tied her in at the end. Right? Yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like they could have fleshed that out a little bit more. Um, my my favorite character was uh, Gerardo. Yeah. Was that the? Uh, was that? Oh, he was the best. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah. he was the like, best. For me, that a scene lot of the comedy the fell truck? flat. You know, for me, a lot of the comedy, especially with the deputy, you know, and yeah, yeah. but every time, every time he was on screen, the comedy just totally hit for me. He had yeah. me cracking up. Like he was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> he oh, was. he was he was amazing. That that truck scene. Uh, oh, yeah. he his timing, his timing yeah. was on. You guys, his his comedic timing was great. <laughs> Eric Chaveria is his name. Yeah, yeah, I he was my favorite part of the movie. I I really enjoyed him. Yeah, I liked him too. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of racial stereotypes here. <laughs> you gotta admit that was he was he was just funny, man. At the end, where he's like talking to somebody in Spanish, you know, on the phone, like he was just he's like, listen, listen, <laughs> listen, please. Yeah, he's trying to talk to his girlfriend or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but his reactions to things were were really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I really I really liked like I said I liked Dollface Candace uh, Deviser or Deviser or whatever. I thought she was a. A pretty creepy character. I thought that um, you know what she did, you know, in in the funhouse was pretty creepy. I wanted to like Dollface, but I uh, didn't really connect with me for the most part. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I really, felt like I felt like I was really it was really getting pushed in my face the whole time. Like this is a character that you you have to remember, and yeah. <laughs> you know, is really going to stand out. Like you know, I, this isn't a spoiler, but you know how you can hide. You know, twenty pounds of hair underneath. <laughs> I don't know. You guys really know what, if you guys know what I'm talking. The scene, you know. Yes. I was like, that's what was underneath. Wow. You just have to believe. You have to. Yeah, believe. exactly. But I don't know. You know, that, that, that's not a that's not a criticism. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. It was. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> I think this is. Um, I think this was pretty fun. I, I will say this is the biggest problem I had with the movie. Tell me what you guys experienced. I thought a lot of the times throughout the movie, the score was too loud and was drowning out some of the dialogue. 
Did you get, did you get that or was it? Now, well, I I didn't have that problem. I I watched it on Blu-ray. Um, oh. So, uh, but I will tell you, a lot of movies I I feel like I have reviewed differently if I've watched them on video on demand. I've had major audio issues with things like that. Um, but I didn't notice that on Blu-ray, and that's usually one of my biggest pet peeves. But yeah, I have to give it another watch because I, I watched this. Uh, you know, I, I bought it off of uh, Amazon Prime and then um, streamed it. HD, so it looked really good, but I was just like, man, I had headphones on, and it just seems like there were certain parts where people were talking, and I was like, what are they saying? Because the music was so driving, and and uh, you know, I think I think they didn't use a lot of silence in this movie. Uh, it's pretty much get up and go from from the beginning to the end. So. Um, I think any any horror fan that just likes, you know, nonstop action, because this this movie doesn't drag at all. I mean, it is what it is. Goes right into it and, and goes to the. I, I, I really thought. Um, you okay, Susan? Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I, just, I, I, hit, my, I hit my microphone. I don't know if your cat attacked you or what, but <laughs> no. um, but you know, it, it's just. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Our fans would like it. Um, oh, like, oh, you were talking like about action. you were talking talking about nonstop action. Yeah, it's like this is the exact opposite of the Funhouse. Funhouse Massacre starts right off with the action and keeps going all the way through to the end because yeah. you're at a Funhouse. All this stuff's going on, action, 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 back and forth, back and forth between the characters, between different areas. Where the Funhouse is one place, really long extended shots. So you were talking about like the oh, yeah. constant action. I thought something that something that I liked was the was were the the two DJs. I just liked that. I thought they were. Oh my god, they were pretty funny. Wasn't that wasn't that the <laughs> best? <laughs> yeah, because they felt really underused. Though I thought they were going to play like a larger role. Like I was almost expecting them to like be commentating when things were going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I was kind of like, was, oh, it's. All I was right. thinking the same thing, and then I were, there was like a, a pretty huge stretch where they weren't there. Yeah, and then they come back in again and near the end, and I'm like. Oh, I forgot about those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, they could have used them a little better, but I think they were they were pretty funny. <clears throat> it could have been even funnier if they'd have done a little Family Guy. You know, weenie in the butt. You know, remember that? I don't. You guys don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm going to put a clip in weenie in the butt <laughs> from, from Family Guy. But anyway, uh, I, I, let's just. Let's just go uh, into some trivia and stuff. You guys, any, anything else you want to say about the movie? I mean, I think we're we're all saying the same thing. You know, we had some fun watching the movie, uh, some, yeah, I, some, a little bit more than than others, but it still was fun to watch. Yeah, I thought the characters were pretty fun and likable. I mean, especially uh, what did we say his name? He was incredible. <laughs> like, so I I thought Roto. that yeah. for the for the most part they were they were fun and likable. And you know, the annoying ones weren't so much over the top that you were just like, I know, <laughs> like in some movies. Yeah, so I, I mean, the characters pretty are pretty much slasher victim cliches. Yeah, yeah. And you I got think the that's, good yeah. girl. That's like, you got the promiscuous girl. You got the jock. You yeah. got the nice nerdy guy. You got the stoners. Like it's yeah. Just, yeah that's definitely yeah. on purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not trying to break new ground here. 
We're just yeah. trying to have a fun ride. And I have it written down here. It said, bottom line, fun, mindless, action-based horror flick. That's all it is. It's just, mm-hmm. fun. I mean, it's, check yourself at the door. It's horror popcorn. You know, yeah, yeah this isn't this yeah. isn't the witch where you're really going to be, you know, oh, I've got to really see what's going on here. And look, you know, this is it's just not asking you to think about. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just entertainment. And it was entertaining. It did its job to me. And, and to, frankly, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't going into this thinking it was going to be any good at all. Because, uh, you know, I've seen I've seen some of these. You know, types of movies like one of the the last ones that Robert England uh, did. It was called um, Oh man, it's been a couple years ago. Something about something about sleep. And no, it's not Nightmare on Elm Street. Fear Clinic. Fear Clinic. I didn't like that one. Did you like that one? I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't like that one. What are you I, and I, about? You you've never you never seen it. No, did I actually see that one? Yeah. If it's the one that I think that you're thinking of, no, I didn't see it, and that's why is because I heard it was just not. Yeah, so I was ki- I was kind of expecting that that sort of thing, uh, something that could be. You know, the premise sounds really promising, really good, and it just falls flat. And and to tell you the truth, I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised. And, and and again, not the greatest movie in the world. It's not going to make my you know top ten of horror movies ever, but. Uh, I had a good time with it. So um, there's actually there's actually not a whole lot of information on this movie um, on the internet. I saw a couple of interviews with Andy Palmer, and yeah, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page or anything. It's yeah, yeah. There's not a lot out there. And I actually thought this movie had just come out this year, but it's been out since November. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was limited theater release. It was here in LA at one theater for like one showing, but I hmm. had to work. I couldn't go. So So I don't know if this is uh, you know, technically a 2015 movie or 2016, you know, because I'm sure it just came out on VOD in 2016. Cuz again, the way we kind of do things, wide release. You know, whenever it is widely released, for people to see, I, you know, because it was released yeah. in one city in November of 2015. And yeah, for like one day, and yeah. it was a, it was a few a few states, a few cities, and that kind of thing. But it was very limited release. So, yeah. like for me, I had to work that day. I couldn't go, and I'm somebody that would go and see these things. So, I, I would consider it this year because yeah. that's when everybody was able to actually see it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't see I don't see hardly any trivia at all on this uh like i said i did see a couple of uh you know interviews with andy palmer and i don't want to say too much because it goes into like spoilers and stuff but you can just look that up just look up funhouse massacre andy palmer interview did you you say who did the special makeup effects no i didn't uh robert kurtzman is that uh, from dust till dawn army of darkness Predator. okay so you know i got a bona fide you know, yeah. <laughs> bonafide credentials there for special makeup effects. Yeah. Oh no, there were some. There were some some uh, pretty creative kills. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they, there's some yeah. fun gore. The gore is very cartoonish. Yeah, it's not realistic gore, but it's fun gore. Yes, I mean, we're talking about you know dead alive type type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. The, my favorite kill was the was the uh, <laughs> what's that thing where you hit the the. Um, the oh, yeah. pad, yeah, the, the mallet, or something. Yeah. yeah, the strength tester. That was pretty funny. 
<laughs> but he just just happened to roll back and have his head on that thing. But yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think it's definitely if you're a horror fan, it's definitely worth your time. So, um, all right, let's let's just do the uh, the the. Um, let's do the ratings. All right, let's just do the ratings. Horror gal, where'd you come in on this? All right, so I'm not going to lie. This is either, depending on what each individual person thinks of it, either a guilty pleasure or a not guilty pleasure for me. I really enjoyed it. I did. I thought it, I took everything at face value. I took it that we're putting this here because we want you to say, oh, yeah, I, I, I know that. I, you know, I, I thought it was done in good spirits. I enjoyed it. It started off, we got some kills, we got some action going. That I actually cared if some of the characters got killed off or not. It had comedy in it. So for me, as a horror comedy fan and somebody who likes 80s stuff and, and that kind of thing, it's right up my alley. So, And I know y'all are going to have different opinion. And I just said y'all and I'm not from the South. But <laughs> um, but I'm so giving this movie a 9 out of 10. Well, she's the right girl. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know what? No movie is without flaws. And that's everything is is open to opinion and you know everybody's gonna love and hate different things and that's what's great about all the movies and i'm giving it a nine out of ten because i had fun with it and it's one of those that i will re-watch whether it's around the holiday or not i will i will re-watch it and if it's on tv i'll re-watch it and for me that's what i give a little bit of an extra bump in value just because i'm enjoying it and having a good time you know, so yeah, it, there it, you have it. It definitely has rewatchability. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm not giving. This is not a scare score for the listeners. My my nine out of ten. This is not a scare score. This is not it, the Exorcist. Okay, the Exorcist for me is ten out of ten. I don't even like to go there, and it's a fabulous movie. Okay, but yeah. but this for a fun '80s flavored horror comedy ride, I I think it was well done. No. Especially given you know the budget and limited release and all that. So yeah. Oh, and um, and I say definitely scream. It's a Scream Factory release. This should go without saying. Purchase. So. Okay. Awesome. All right, um, Vin, what do you think? Um, this is a movie that I would recommend to fans of gore. Um, again, knowing that the gore is cartoonish, um, and also fans of horror comedies. Although I will say that. You know, a, a lot of the jokes really fell flat for me, um, but there were enough of them that worked that still made it an entertaining watch for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I'm going to be coming in lower than Susan. Um, uh, 6.5 for me. Um, I say give it a watch. You might love it. You know, you might. Eh. Uh, I, I There's not as much rewatchability for me in this, um, but I would recommend that people at least check it out. Okay. All right. Well, I came in at a 6.0 out of 10. Uh, this is an above-average movie. Hey, girl. It's okay. Don't laugh at me. Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not laughing. It's just very, like, um, I, now, I don't know. Like, put it this way. Like, I'll, I'll watch this movie again, and I'll probably buy it. I just, because I just... I guess I guess my uh, rating system has been harsher um, because I didn't think it did anything new. Uh, it just kind of 
you know, it was one of those movies that I enjoyed. It was a fun, it was a fun watch, but I don't know. I just couldn't give it anything other than a, a six out of ten. And that's, you know, a five out of ten is an average movie. So this is an above average movie for me, uh, horror gal there. So, <laughs> well, and I and I think that's true though. You know, everybody has different tastes, but also our rating systems are different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where yeah. if, if we av- if yeah. we go into what do you give an extra point or take an extra point off, it's going to vary between each of us, and then They're it's going to vary between each film too. Right. So you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for me, an average film is like a six because I expect an average film to kind of have a passing score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. it should be at least in the 60th percentile for me if it's going to be an average film. You know, um, I, I know that five numerically is the average. Yeah. Um, but for me, I expect most average films to be of, of a, a more watchable quality. So this yeah. is this is right around the average yeah. for me. And, you know, I was getting this mixed up a little bit with um, there's a release coming in October called Death House. Have you guys heard of this? Yes. No, uh, a secret government facility becomes ground zero for the most horrific prison break in the history of mankind. Now, just listen to the to the cast. Adrian Barbeau, Tony Todd, Barbara Crampton, Dee Wallace, Sid Haig, Michael Berryman, um, Kane Hodder. Oh, I have heard of this one. I didn't remember Bill, the name of it. Yeah. Bill, Bill Mosley. Um, I believe they're putting Gunnar Hansen in it digitally. Uh, Felissa Rose, Tiffany Sheppis, Lloyd Kaufman. I mean, are you kidding? Tony Moran. You know, if 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 you know that that's uh, Michael Myers from Halloween. You know, unmasked. I mean, just a lot of different. So I was kind of thinking, I was, oh, is this the, is this the one? But you know, it's not. It's not doesn't have as many well known horror actors. But it kind of seems like, kind of like the same. You know. They're going for the same thing. Lots of different, uh, you know. They've got icicle killer in here, and uh, uh, there's a there's a character named Satan. <laughs> you know, so it'll be uh, it'll be kind of interesting. So, all right. So I think everybody is 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 clear. Watch this movie. Give it a shot. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, tough. <laughs> tough. Take it up with horror gal Susan. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Tough about luck. it. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, we'll be coming oh, back. My, yes. my my connection cut out, so I didn't hear you. Said. I was yeah. just saying a bunch of stupid stuff. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, that's our uh, review. It's just for- fun. It's it's it like is. what. Yeah, it's just like one of those Halloween party movies. You know, you have that playing while you're having your Halloween party. It's fun. Yeah, there you go. I, I will say this again, and I feel like I've been poo-pooing on Rob Zombie a lot this this uh, episode. <laughs> uh, I would rather watch this again than say something like um, House of a Thousand Corpses <laughs> or Devil's Reject. I just don't like Rob Zombie's movies. and. Yeah. So there you go. What do you say about that? That's our uh, review of the Funhouse <laughs> Massacre 2015 slash 2016, depending on uh, where you live. And uh, yeah, so thanks for being with us. We wanted to uh, just remind you that episode 13 will be out um, in a couple of weeks, and we'll be doing our top 25 movies of the 21st century so far, 2001 to 2015. Uh, let's uh, let's. Tell listeners where they can uh, interact with us or, or find us. Uh, horror gal, where can we find you? Uh, I'm horror gal Susan on pretty much most social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, 
and YouTube horror gal. Uh, but I think my, my YouTube link is youtube.com forward slash Horgal Susan. So there you go. Just Horgal Susan everywhere. Everywhere you go. See and, if I'm there. Find me. Say hello. And Horror Amino too, right? You're on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. I think I'm just Horgal on there too. I'm sorry. There's just so much. You know, there are so many social media platforms. And if people try to get the same name on everyone, it's, it's nearly tough. impossible. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Revenant Vin, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at The Revenant Review. The web address is therevenantreview.wordpress.com. On Twitter, I'm at Revenant Review. And I now have inter- uh, email, um, which is therevenantreview at gmail.com. All right. And I'm going to be uh, starting a Kickstarter to get that $18 for the year. So uh, Revenant Vin can make it revenantreview.com <laughs> get that WordPress out of there. That's all Stop right. being a poor boy, man. <laughs> That's right. Make up we, a collection. We need yeah. 18 people. Okay. 18 people to give a dollar. Or is it 1800 to give a penny? <laughs> yeah. We can, do, we can do this. All right. Anyway, you can um, you can uh, visit us on Facebook at uh, the Horrorcast, all one word. Well, the and Horrorcast is all one word. Uh, again, we have a page and then we have a new group. So add yourself to that group. Get on the conversation. Don't forget about the contest. Email us at askthehorrorcast <laughs> at gmail.com at the HCast on Twitter. So interact with us on that. And uh, you can also get all of uh, Walshy's stuff. If you want to direct email or um, contact Walshy, if you go to our website, thehorrorcast.net, and go on there, and that'll uh, have a link to all of our individual emails and stuff. So uh, we appreciate you listening, and uh, come back in two weeks where we'll uh, we'll do episode 13. And until next time, we're the Horrorcast, where we're all killer, no filler. Stay scared. Phrase because they know funny. <laughs> oh, there it is. And if you think you can say that just like Weenie here, you could win $97.1 for the cool weekend ahead. Weenie have a butt. Weenie have a butt. Cool weekends in the morning. 97.1 FM. Cool weekends in the morning with Weenie and the butt. WQHT 97.1. 97.1. We have a butt in the morning, cool weekends. FM. Weenie. Weenie. And the butt. And welcome back. Uh, excuse me, I, I gotta find a lost kid. Can I use your mic? That's what she said. Whoa, you got butt slam. <laughs> Listen, I could really use a hand here. That's what he said. Butt slam. <laughs> That's Manic Monkey on 97.1. Manic Monkey, 97.1. 
cool weekends in the morning. Oh, weekend oh, long. Weenie and the butt. In the morning. In the morning. On the radio. Yes, yes.